One day, fire will fade, and dark will become a curse. Men will be free from death, left to wander eternally. Seeker of fire, coveter of the throne. Seek strength. Your blood's gonna burn. I knew it was. The devil came. He just had for good. So death is coming. To purge this town. And oh, you're Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Dark Insight podcast with myself Death Note and my partner in crime over there Mr Vader Van Odin say hello hello and uh, on this week's episode we have a special guest Mr Jeremy Greer the curator of Dark Soul Haters and YouTube Not ECEC hello Mr Greer hello Death Note hello Vader Van Odin how are you guys tonight not too bad <laughs> morning the, <laughs> morning or whenever time it is where you guys are <laughs> yeah i'd like to pretty good yeah just so the listeners know we, we, we've basically we've got three crazy time zones i'm in the uk so it's like 20 past eight here it's like 2 p.m in the afternoon for jeremy and 20 past seven in the morning for charles who's literally <laughs> only just got out of bed so <laughs> yes i We're, rolled out of bed I kept waking up through the night because I thought I'd miss my alarm. I didn't want to like make you guys late, <laughs> and so I woke up like five times checking the, my my time. <laughs> so it's been a rough night as well. That's hilarious. Oh dear, sleep bad sleep due to podcasting. <laughs> That's not good. Yep. <laughs> sacrifices, sacrifices for the love of gaming. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, Mister Mister Greer, thank you for coming on board. It's very much appreciated you uh, coming in and guesting on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I like um, Dark Souls, and when you guys started talking to um, Patty and CJ of Twin Humanities on Twitter, I can, you started posting that you were going to start a podcast. I kind of jumped on board at episode one, and I've been listening since then. So awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the show, I guess. Thank, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, super appreciated. Yeah, I, yeah it's, uh, you, you was uh, definitely uh, around from the start, push like as I as I mentioned previous, like saying thanks to you guys obviously promoting us around and stuff and it's 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 been really good the response we've got from people. I'm really glad, especially from people like yourself and the Twin Humanity Boys. It's it's been really good. It's been a nice reception so I'm very grateful with that. So uh so what's what's uh what's been going down with everyone? Charles, what have you been up to this week? I've just been playing a lot of uh, Rocket League. A lot. <laughs> same. <laughs> I was just about to say, I think Mr. Jeremy's been doing the same. <laughs> it's just kind of got me hooked. Like, I got a few minutes. I, thought, oh, I could play The Witcher. Oh, nah, I just play Rocket League. It's, it's quick and fun. It's a five-minute match. You can get in and out, and then 
you just stay for hours and hours and hours <laughs> once you yep. get in. <laughs> yep. I had a real, really bad run earlier in the week. I just, I had like six matches in a row where I didn't score a goal and just a few losses. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm burnt out. I just can't do this game anymore. And then I had one more match and like scored like five goals in one match and just, I was knocked nice. again. <laughs> I, I, I had a really fun match yesterday where uh, it was a 2v2 ranked and uh, one of the guys, I think this was yesterday, sometime earlier this week, um, my partner dropped out 30 seconds in and in ranked mode they don't put you with an AI car so it's just me versus these other two guys <laughs> I'm not like amazing at Rocket League or anything but I won 6-1 to one against these two guys Jeez. and I was so happy about myself so happy with myself yeah, Hall of Fame. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I put it on YouTube immediately. I was like, "This is going, yeah, this is going up." <laughs> that's that's pretty yeah. awesome. I, I, t- to be honest, I, I, I have, I didn't download it. I missed the window and didn't even add it to my library. <laughs> touch, touch. I know. Tis, tis, tis. So tis gone unless I buy it. I can't believe it. I should have just added it to my library just so it was there. But I was just my brain went dead and half I missed half the games of last month so this month I went on there and just added everything to my library yeah, yeah. that's the first thing I do the first day of the PlayStation Plus month is just add them all to my list yeah it's, I'm kind of gutted I missed out on that because I've heard and obviously you guys have been playing Rocket League and a lot of other people have been on it and just saying how much fun it is and I just I, yeah I should have got on it really <laughs> yeah I actually dreamed about that last night about it going on because you can buy it now um, so, and I dreamed that it wasn't too expensive, but I, I don't actually know what the price is now. <laughs> it's, I don't know why been, I dreamed about it. Um, it was $20 on Steam when it first came out, and they were saying it was going to be $20 on PS4, but I don't, I don't know what ended up happening after PS Plus, but I think it's around 20 bucks. So that's not too bad. Yeah, but uh, we we always get screwed with the conversion rates. Like, you, you play like $20, I'll pay 20 UK pounds for it. Uh, we get screwed yeah. so hard when that twenty twenty dollars should be like I don't know eight nine something like that. It's yeah, the uh, conversion rates always confuse me. I um I, w- I was buying a European version of Dark Souls one that's not patched, and uh, it was from this friend of mine in Sweden, and I was like having to figure out what Kronars or Kroners are. Like, are the it was Kronies, just yeah. mad confusing. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. He was like, "Just give me thirty bucks," and I'm like. 30 what though like dollars <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure yeah. out what this actually is worth <laughs> those European currencies get pretty messed up like it's like a thousand krona to like a hundred bucks or something yeah they're, they're pretty mad that you want to go to Japan then then that's a currency that gets pretty insane <laughs> it's like yeah. two million yen for like ten pounds or something <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty like you've say you've got ten UK pounds, you'll have a wallet just full of notes in Japan. But <laughs> they do have large notes though. Yeah, they have got like a hundred thousand yen notes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, massive things. It makes you feel rich, but you're actually really poor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you, Jeremy? What have you been up to uh, the past um, little bit? Rocket League, and then. Um... <laughs> N plus plus came out on the PS4, and I was a big fan of N plus back on the 360, and then N way back in the day. So uh, I've been playing through that, and that's a beautiful, beautiful game. Um, are you either one of you familiar with N plus plus at all? Only in Date Dark Souls and Bloodborne, new game. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard I've heard of N and N plus, but I haven't ever tried it. It's um, it's a platformer. Uh, it's one of these kind of 
ultra hard platforming games uh, with very short levels and a very quick um, restart. So think kind of Super Meat Boy, but where Super Meat Boy is more um, like precision based platforming, this is kind of more momentum based. Oh, okay. So um, you're a little ninja dude, and the goal is to you know open the door to the goal and then to get to the goal and you know, the hazards could be spikes or homing rockets or machine guns or lasers or the environment or what have you. Um, and it's, it's just a really well put together package. Like it's in plus plus. I played it on the 360, like I said, and kind of ran every, did all the levels and did everything. And then the PS4 version has a online level making thing. So you can create levels, share levels and the community levels are always are already like just brutally dick hard. Like it's just amazingly <laughs> difficult. <laughs> Um, oh, nice! I may yeah, have to. Uh, I may have to check that out. It sounds pretty yeah, cool. It sounds like Sonic meets Meat Boy. Uh, it's kind of watch some videos because it's not quite Sonic, right. but um, but it's, when I say momentum based, I mean like you're having to run, and if you wanted to jump high, you can kind of run and go up an incline, and then jump at the last minute, and it'll kind of spring you forward. So you, you kind of learn to work the level, and it's really fun to. Because it's kind of a speed-based game, so like as you collect gold, you're getting more time to finish the levels, and yeah, it's it's fun. I've had, I've had a good time with it. I really enjoy that game. Nice. Yeah. And then besides that, me and my wife have been playing through uh, the recent King's Quest reboot, also on PC. Yes, I saw that. Is I've, it uh, good? It is good. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's very well acted. Christopher Lloyd is in it. He's brilliant. Um, the guy, one of the guys from. Um, the Princess Bride is in it. I can't remember his name. The guy, the kind of the short guy with the glasses, uh, <laughs> he's in it. Um, it's very well acted, very well done, um, and we're having a good time kind of playing through it together. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Princess Bride is one of the best movies. So if someone else is in it from it, then it must be good. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> oh man! And then other than that, I've just been uh paying attention to Dark Souls 3. That's like my entire focus this week was watching Gamescom. <laughs> this. Yeah, I mean, wow, Dark Souls 3 and the videos and everything that's been coming out this this week from Gamescom has just kind of taken over my life. <laughs> the, like I've been jotting notes left, right and centre, watching videos. There's a video that someone posted to, I think it was IGN, they posted it today, but it's actually of, that they, they, they've filmed it them playing the demo i wanted to watch it but i didn't have bloody time because it's always i always think it's nicer to be able to watch it someone actually playing the game than some of the trailers because obviously yep. trailers are edited together to look how they want it to look so yeah, it was fancy camera angles and stuff yeah but i did have I a chance the... to watch it oh i'm sorry go ahead yeah i had a chance to watch the the gameplay um i didn't watch too much mm. um but i kind of skipped forward and what look i kept an eye out for some key things um, that people have been talking about and so yeah it's quite interesting to see the gameplay yeah it's um, see I, st- I did watch the first sort of little bit of it but I'm kind of in the boat as you I want to watch it but at the same time I want to try and not take in too much because I don't want to spoil it because did isn't that what you did with uh, Bloodborne Vader you kind of just yeah, it was dark Bloodborne. I actually went in really cold. Like I knew nothing about it. Yeah, that's, that's but cool. Dark Souls Two. I knew I knew everything. Like yeah, there's nothing was really a surprise. And had you wished you'd gone in cold like you did with Bloodborne? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. I do. I think it would have made a better experience. I did really like Dark Souls Two still, um, but I would have liked to have discovered some of the things 
myself because that's the that's the the fun of the soul series is is that this discovery that excitement when you go ah this is how you do that or this is where this person is mm-hmm. um whereas i knew all about the um the emerald herald and you that's how you leveled up whereas yeah the struggle of not knowing how to level up would have been would have been an achievement in itself with dark Souls yeah I, I think in them games in general if you if you don't know as you say half of that stuff it is part of the fun discovery and all the 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 nuances and quirks of of the the game itself i think definitely how about you jeremy yeah, think- do you do you go into them sort of cold or you do you lap up everything you can um at, at this stage when we're about nine months out and we're we're getting like first gameplay trailers and uh, like initial footage i kind of find everything i can and just consume, consume, consume. <laughs> um, as we get close to release and you start seeing um i remember right before dark souls 2 released like there was ign had the first hour of gameplay footage and i'm like well that sounds like a really good way to ruin a souls game is to get <laughs> the entire first hour spoiled for you yeah, um, and then the gameplay trailers that you start getting from you know the, the publisher, they start getting more and more like they start becoming three or four minutes long, like a movie trailer where they're literally showing you everything in the game. So mm. I start tuning that stuff out. But so I went into say Bloodborne, having seen that initial trailer, like the announced trailer, yeah, one past that, and then just hearing some stuff from here and there, like just seeing some stuff that was around, but not not any kind of understanding of what happened. So. Um, and I was similar yeah, I was in Dark Souls too. So. Yes, yeah, I knew a bit more with Dark Souls too. Uh, I kept up with like Vati Vitia's videos, and I actually started. I just turned one off because I was like, "That spoiled it." <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I kind of like that about Bloodborne. They but they basically literally only showed Yarnum. They they just didn't show anything else whatsoever. It was just Yarnum, which I thought was quite cool because it didn't give away too much, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's was, it was very well done. It seems yeah. like they're doing that with DS3 as well. By the by, the looks of things, they're just showing uh, the area. I think it's called the Walls of Lodleff. I think the name of it was the the bit that they're showing at the moment. And I think possibly we'll only probably see that, which I hope. And they don't 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 show us too much, but hopefully they'll go yeah, down there. There'll be a few surprises, I'm sure. Mm. Well, that, that's the thing. Like looking at it as well, there's. Um, uh, a few videos that I've seen. Obviously, you've got the, the the first boss, which is the dancer of the frigid valley. But it also what it looks like is that the frigid valley is an alternate dimension, which is pretty cool. And hopefully, maybe that'll work out like uh, the the painted world, so we we can actually go to that. That that I think that would be pretty cool. Ho- hoping that that's the case, because <laughs> they make a point of saying that the frigid valley is like a, an alternate sort of dimension where these things are coming from so I don't know how that's going to pop its head into the law that's something quite new well yeah that's that's the thing time disorder is kind of a theme of Dark Souls 1 yeah it didn't really well I guess it did with the dreams in Dark Souls 2 Mm. and so maybe they're going to kind of develop that idea more and have these alternative planes or times timelines existing at the same time yeah, see that's the thing obviously because we're first information we, we we don't know whether it's an existing maybe an alternate uh, timeline a different dimension altogether but it seems quite interesting but you can see like when the, when the, the, the boss comes in she it, she basically crawls out of like a black hole portal thing basically which is obviously coming from the, the frigid valley as it's known so 
That would be uh, yeah. Also, oh, the boss is coming from the the valley. The player hasn't entered the valley. No, yeah, she's climbing out of the thing because because uh-uh. there was like uh, these tombstones they're called, and one one of them I can't remember what it said, but it basically said something because there's like a sub boss and it basically mentions when he dies, hopefully his soul will go back to the dimensional frigid valley, and then. There was another thing that mentioned that the alternate universe, and then obviously watching the video, everyone noticed that she does climb out of like a, it's like a black hole. It looks like instead of just like the abyss. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Did you pay attention to? Um, I think this was IGN sequence that showed the. I think there was their video that showed the video of the whole boss, and um, you walk in through the door, and you're you're in a cathedral type area, and uh, the player walks up to what looks like a statue, and there's something to examine, and kind of. Dark Souls style, and as soon as you examine it, the um, dancer of the Frigid Ballet shows up. But right before that, like right above the item that you examine, it really, like, strongly gave me some Artorias vibes. Like, there's a statue, and it looks like a god kind of kneeling down with his sword in his left hand, and I'm like, dude, that looks almost exactly like Artorias. And hmm. they don't really give you, like, Dark Souls 2 to Dark Souls 1 didn't give you explicit links like that, and I would doubt Dark Souls 3 will, but I wonder if they're just trying to kind of make you remember. Like they're just trying to call to mind like earlier Dark Dark Souls. Games. Yeah, I I I kind of agree with you because they do like to do that, like with their little callbacks and things to to, <clears> to <throat> previous games, which is quite cool. I I haven't I to say I had I didn't notice that. I'll have to go back and have a little look to be honest. But that's yeah. that's, that's that, quite cool. It is cool. That's the pose on the um, Prepare to Die edition of Dark Souls One, isn't it? Atorius on the front. He's in that kneeling pose with a sword. Yeah, and so instead of this being, um, this was, would look like straight on from that angle. Like it almost looks exactly the same. Like with the the cover, it was from the side, and this looks like it's straight on. But I, I could be misremembering the cover too. It's been a mm. while. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, well, apparently the the, the artwork on uh, Dark's the, the Dark Souls case as well. Apparently that's supposed to be Artorias as well, isn't it? On the the original Dark Souls. Oh, I think it was speculated. People speculated, yeah. but. It, was never actually confirmed. Confirmed, no. With the DLC, he does look different. Um, that's that's what I thought, but maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know offhand. Yeah, no. Yeah. You, I, I'm just uh, flicking through. Now you've mentioned that. I just thought I'd <laughs> try and have a little peek. <laughs> look. <laughs> and it just, uh... Did either of you watch the? Um, I think it was PlayStation UK that had the. Uh, gameplay footage with the axe instead of just the sword and the big and the big and the bigger sword no was that the conversation with the yeah it, it was a guy uh, and a girl yeah it was a guy and a girl on a couch and then they were kind of going yep. back to the axe footage that, i thought all of the axe stuff was really cool looking it looked like the axe were going to be a, axes would be a lot of fun to use kind of like they were in dark souls too yeah um it did look pretty cool i actually listened to most of that rather than um than watched it um i like i like hearing what people people's thoughts are so i've also like mm-hmm. listened to dave control live um uh, you know a key member in the dark souls community and his his hands-on experience with it a week before gamescom um oh uh, yeah because they, yeah. they they went to the uh the, the convention at that awesome looking castle thing didn't they in Napa yes. valley yeah, right. and yeah a bunch somehow of my invitation for that was lost in the mail or <laughs> sure what happened. yeah i couldn't get flights in time uh, <laughs> they just don't like me <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I like hearing kind of the fighting 
how the fighting's going to work and how they're going to play with these things. So we've, you've all heard about the sword arts that people have yeah, been talking about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I really like the way they're handling through. these as well. Well, yeah. What have you guys seen much of? Or have you? What do you think about them? Um, I like the way. I've only seen a couple of the actual sword arts in action. Um, the, for instance, the short sword had kind of a spin move, if I remember right, and then the um, Zweihander, or what looked like a great sword of some kind, had like a really massive, like crush move. Um, but it took so long to wind up, like you would have to really time it very well. Um, but I just like the way they're handling the abilities. Like you have a counter underneath yeah. your covenant sign, so that every time you use one of these sword arts, they get you drop down i think you start with 20 or at least the demo started you with 20 and then you would use one to move down to 19 and apparently that's how they're going to manage these special attacks which i think is something they took from bloodborne with having yes. magic use bullets so I, I really like that idea i like that concept i hope it works out in execution yeah because uh, what as you're saying with the points some uh what i noticed as well some moves take up more points another move like say uh, let's say the spin attack the scimitar spin attack takes three points but one of the overhand crushes may only take one point if you know yeah that obviously i presume the more points a a sword arts takes up the more sort of damage it's gonna do because yeah well that's that's something i noticed anyway that it it wasn't just a single point every time it was it was multiple levels of points for the sword arts see that's that's one of the things when in the gameplay from IGN I actually look for. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see how the sword arts worked because I'd heard, heard Dave Control uh, um, talk about them. But it's hard to kind of understand without seeing. And so I, I, I specifically watched and I wanted to, I was watch very carefully where the, the counter dropped down at one point of the attack. And so I actually had my wife say, tell me when that <laughs> the counter drops and I'll watch the attack. <laughs> um and it, it was quite interesting because there's a few times when he would it looked like he went into a, a stance like he had the long sword and he'd pull it up kind of like really like almost like in a parrying stance that the some of the NPCs take like the um, the boulder knights mm-hmm. and then he'd get hit and he'd kind of get knocked out of it and nothing would happen but then he'd do a lunge and that's when the um, the sword arm yeah. ticked down basically the way that works I, I saw someone talking about that because uh, the, the way they're doing it is obviously if you've got an axe, you well, that, the, the, going by what weapons they were showing, the axe that they had, the sword art was basically, it was like a uh, a war cry, which sort of repelled magics and also buffed your right weapon at the same time with some extra damage. The Obviously, the scimitars were doing the, the spinny Madubri attack. The ultra great swords were obviously doing those crushing overhand sort of boom hits with us you you can also do the uppercut afterwards but there was also this is where as you say it gets a bit strange on the standard straight swords before doing a sword art you put yourself into a stance like you you mentioned it goes into like a, a special stance but that actually isn't the sword art it just changes the style of your attacks and then obviously you can engage sword arts which is weird but that that, that seemed to be the only like the just the standard straights or seems to be the only ones that had a different stance and a lot of people have been saying the same things as well okay yeah it's interesting is it, is it like you hold the button down and you're in that stance and then you release it to kind of activate it by what i've heard it seems like it's just a button tap to take you into okay. the stance because um 
one of them when you go into your sword arts uh, only has uh, one button does an attack whereas all the others two buttons do different attacks I can't remember what ones it was though because uh, yeah trying to take it all in but one of them only you can only have like a, a sword arts R1 where all the rest have an R1 and an R2 sword arts so that's yeah it's it's kind of all over the over the shop there's, there's a lot of information to take in because they've yeah they've proper proper changed it up and the other thing that combines with that is the sword arts only come with sort of uh, medium sized upward shields don't they yes they mm. shields are, uh, are required to use the sword arts which I found kind of interesting yeah because uh, yeah it's the medium upwards and then like the, your smaller shields like your target shields and your bucklers uh, do the parry rather than the sword arts which I think is pretty cool because you can then really sort of I think there's a lot more scope for builds do, doing builds and item builds and stuff and I think it's quite interesting something well, it means uh, you can have oh sorry go I was going to say something that uh, P. Peverson mentioned on his Twitter is that um, as you're approaching enemies um, if you're trying to go for the backstab and it, it looks like they've kind of incorporated they've changed back to the Dark Souls 1 style backstab as opposed to the Bloodborne or anything else mm. but um, as you approach them some of the enemies actually have a shield bash move so they'll fling their shield behind their back to hit you Yes. Um, as oh, you're yes. going for the backstab, and um, that really, really interests me. Like, I'm really hoping that they incorporate that into PvP somehow. Whether it's a specific shield or it's a specific, you know, ring or something that gives you that ability, so that because punishing backstabs is the best thing in Dark Souls One PvP. Right? <laughs> having something like that, which is just a quick, like, hey, get out, get, get back from out there. Like, I'm just get, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Would be really good, even if it's tied to that sword art shield art counter. I think it would be a lot of fun to use in PvP. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah when uh, Dreddy Cone and Ouroboros and the Ninja were basically saying the same thing, where where the instant backstabs and also if you can counter the backstabs with a shield bash to the side or like the enemies do, because yeah, I noticed that as well. And a lot of people said it's much what you circle strafing is now pretty hard because the enemy's just like no fuck off, <laughs> giving you a twat with their shield or whatever to make you go away. So it's. That'll be interesting in PvP because you've got instant backstabs here, but apparently the windows are smaller as well for the instant backstabs. Like you literally have to be right behind them, not like Dark Souls where you could literally do it from the side and, and it, it'd activate. Yeah, the, from awesome. what I've seen, the, the AI um, and seems a lot more intelligent and, and clever. And the, yeah, as you say, they've got a lot more move sets and can use that and 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 to their advantage <laughs> and that's that's really exciting about dark souls because it creates more of um, intention and and a harder play style when you have to consider how different enemies and multiple enemies will work together and from what i've seen they actually work together and can actually um yeah circle around you and, and rather than just pathing directly at you it's, yeah i think it's really good good progression in the game yeah it's um yeah, you're right about that because uh, I can't remember who it was, but I watched a video yesterday, I think it was, and they basically said the same thing. If there are mobs, they will surround you. Like Some will come round the back, some will be in front, and they will try and surround you. And if you run away, they will pin you into a corner so you cannot run away. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the enemy encounters I saw in the video were with a mob of dudes. Like it wasn't just a one-on-one, or and they even seemed to have it set up so that there were 
enemies that would alert other enemies to your presence, which they've done before in Bloodborne and I think Dark Souls too. But I may be mis- misremembering. But um, they had like a bell ringing guy that woke up everybody else, and they all came after you at one time. And I really, really enjoy that. Like that's that's a lot of fun combat. Trying to figure out how to work around that and to you know, take out one enemy and then you stay away from the other five that are chasing you. Like it makes it a lot of fun, frantic Dark Souls moments. So, <laughs> Everything I saw about the enemy encounters looked a lot of fun. Yeah, they looked, um, as you say, with the mobs, it looked pretty intense. And uh, Dave Control was saying that as well, actually, that there are a lot of mobs where he's so used to sort of being one-on-one, there were a hell of a lot of mobs, <laughs> which is it's kind of un, un-Dark Souls. Like, they don't tend to throw mobs at you too often. So I think they've kind of... It really does seem like they've that they're mixing up Bloodborne and Dark Souls and kind of trying to pick the best bits out of each franchise and kind of put them together, which I, I think is a really good thing because it seems like they've taken a lot of the aesthetics and all the, the things from Dark Souls, but t- just taken a little bit of speed from Bloodborne and just injected it just so just so Dark Souls is that, that little bit faster. Well, that's what's so good about it is that they haven't just made it mobs equals harder. They've given uh, the player tools and assets to use uh, to combat that um, like I've heard people talking about with the scimitars if you mm. can line up a, a couple of um, a little mob four or five enemies you can actually take them all out really quickly with the the sword arts and so if you play clever and use the environment or, and, or funnel them down you have the, the abilities to actually t- to deal with these mobs uh, based on the, the new abilities they're giving us or the, the, the fighting style and as you say the speed um, so yeah they're not just they're giving with one hand and taking with the other but they're not they're not just being like <laughs> unfair yeah that's my thoughts on it no I, I totally agree is they are giving you the means to be able to deal with those mobs and a, a lot of people are like using fire bombs to deal with those mobs more than anything they're just like chucking fire bombs all over the place well, that's one thing I actually enjoyed with um, Bloodborne is Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2 never used items, they never found a need, but I, I felt that they, in Bloodborne, there wasn't more of a need, and that they were more useful in actual normal gameplay, and I found that I was using items more frequently, and I, I did like that, it felt like they were more worthwhile, um, and if they can continue that with d- Dark Souls, it's even better. It's that classic problem, and I've heard the guys on Bonfire set bonfire side chat mentioned this a couple of times of when you get items especially in dark souls 2 when there's so many healing items and <laughs> restoration items and just stuff that you like hardly ever use it's really hard not to hoard them like it's really hard to be like okay i'm going to use this thing that i have three of right now in the middle of this level like and not think oh man this is going to be important later i'm going to need like 10 of these by the end of the game so <laughs> i always end up with just an excess of Firebombs, throwing knives, poison knives, healing items. Like, I always have, like, 99 of those by the end of the game. So I'm, I'm hope, kind of like you said, Vader, like, I, I hope they give you a reason to use those items more regularly. Yeah. Well, see, I, I agree with Dark Souls 1 and 2, but I found in Bloodborne, um, this is where I guess I differed from the bomb, fi- bomb <laughs> bonfire side chat, guys, is that I did find it encouraged me to use them, and there were times the game got difficult, and it, it made you think about, oh, like, what can I do? And I'd try some of these things where I never really had to do that or did that in Dark Souls. And so I really, I, yeah, I, I use pretty much all the items in um, Bloodborne at least yeah. once or twice to give it a go and, and, and get through a difficult area. Even the throwing knives. 
I, I'm terrible. I'm, I am an item hoarder. I'm an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Come the end of Bloodborne, Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2, I just had just shit loads of everything. I'm like, oh, I've only got one or two of them. I'll keep hold of them. And then by the end of the game, I'm like, bugger, I've not used them. I've got bloody 99 of the bloody things now. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm terrible for that. Absolutely maybe terrible. I'm the one out. I don't think I ever used a life gem when I played through Dark Souls 2. I see, I never used the Estus flask. <laughs> really? Oh, you guys are crazy. I used both of those. That's two of the items that I used the most because, I mean, life, life gems were so cheap that you could buy them I mean, with whatever leftover souls you had after you got finished leveling, and then Estus was renewable. So I, I used both of those all the time. I, I think to start off, I definitely used Estus, but once I, once I got the game down and I knew what was going on, which is usually done by the first third, I, it was just life gems. They're quicker. You could keep moving. Um, Estus became way too slow to chug it down, and so I just I kind of hmm. would find I'd never use them. You saying that, though, that's, that's um, kind of... Uh the Estus on Dark Souls 3 is the same speed as Dark Souls 1 isn't it the older slow chug yeah it's hard to go back to after Bloodborne with the, <laughs> the quick jab in the leg it's yeah you've got to find that um that nice window to take a good old glug but yeah they've gone back to the sort of the, the slow and apparently there's a a slight few frames afterwards as well where you can't move but you can still be hit so you really have to find your window to be able to drink an Estus down. It, it does seem like they are making this, well, trying to make it the most difficult one to date, and it does come across that way from what people are saying. I think it kind of needs to. PvP oh, fan, though, the, the having that extra frame of availability to hurt someone after they flask in a PvP match is so vital. Like, <laughs> be able to punish Estus flaskers is like the best thing ever. So, yeah, I don't mind as an invader, I will probably not have the SS flask available to me. So I don't care. I won't be able to yep. use it anyway. But if, if it slows my victims down, I'm all for it. <laughs> Punished um, for drinking. <laughs> I think I got in the habit in Dark Souls 1 to always double chug. If it was tight, if I knew that there was going to be... Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you you're still getting hurt, but you're not staggering because you're in the animation. And so yeah. you, you just do the double chug and it usually puts you back right. <laughs> <laughs> so if I knew it was going to be tight, I'd always double chug. Good old double chugs. <laughs> but no, Something I would they not. didn't show that I'm really interested in is the inventory. I'm curious if they'll let you stack up 99 items of whatever extra healing item you'll get like you can in Dark Souls 2, or if they'll limit what you can carry to you know, 10, 20, 30 items like they did in Bloodborne. And I'm kind of hoping it's the latter. I really like that having items in your storage and then having being, only being able to carry like 20 at a time. I thought that was a really interesting mechanic. So I hope they bring yeah. that back into Dark Souls, but I'm not sure if they will or not. I, I did like that as well. I just wish that all the items replenished, like the Quicksilver. A- and absolutely. The... Yeah, that was so dumb that they didn't. <laughs> yeah. I just think that is, yeah. You forget, oh, I don't have any fireball, fire uh, Molotovs, that's what they're called. Um, yeah, and you got to go back and... Oh, yeah, you're right, because it, it literally only did your bullets and your vials, didn't it? It didn't do, yeah. like, your other items, which was, yeah, a bit dumb. <laughs> Small Patch. oversight on their behalf, I believe. Patch 1.8. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's... Well, I, other things I found interesting was that the... It's really minor, but the lock-on icon was Bloodborne, not Dark Souls. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I No, I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, when you lock yeah, onto the enemies. Yeah, it's a dot instead of a ring, right? Yeah, it's a little glowy uh, dot rather than the, the ring. 
Um, which I, I guess it's not a big deal, but it's it's interesting nonetheless it, for me. I think it kind of makes sense though, because a lot of the aesthetics and obviously the engine that they're running on now is that they're, they're clearly using the Bloodborne engine for this game. Clearly, it's just it looks just the way it looks. It looks like Bloodborne with a Dark Souls sheet over the top. If you know what I mean, yeah, it's got that look. But yeah, it's, but it's still got the movement. Of Dark Souls, so it's kind of like they've taken all the old coding and thrown it into the the, the the Bloodborne engine, which which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. As I say, it's not a big deal, but it's just it could have been nice to have that ring come back because that was quite iconic, <laughs> the lock-on ring. Um, but yeah, just yeah. The other things I heard, um, I think it was the uh, Jeremy you mentioned the PlayStation um video with the gameplay in the chat they they talked about the character potentially affecting the sword arts rather the character class rather than the actual weapon do you have yeah, any, they, any they thoughts on that? that but um like i don't know if you guys remember way back in dark before dark souls one came out like when they were doing character classes at e3 like they literally had like a black knight and a solaire as a character class so that that to me is yep. more of a i mean to have your character class affect that now in a demo, I think maybe just showing off different weapons and things, I, I doubt that's going to make it to the final game, because they have so literally right. never once cared about character class in any of these games, and I, I just don't see why they would start doing it now. It did seem a little odd, and because they talked about their kind of northerner, the Norse kind of looking guy um, mm-hmm. with the axe, because that's who they use, as you mentioned, and having that, that shout kind of ability, the Skyrim-esque ability. Mm. Um for his sword art and yeah I think that's more to do with the axe yeah I I, I think that was they they just named him like the northern warrior or whatever because of the items he was wearing very tattered with a bit of but I think it was down to because obviously the sword arts disappear and move about with shields and then obviously they change via the weapons so when people were picking up different weapons throughout the playthrough they was picking up different sword arts so that's pretty much it is That's down. It, yeah, it's guaranteed down to the to, to the weapons, not not class. Oh, what could be cool is that with weapons that you could, as you upgrade them and go down different paths, there could be different sword art paths to upgrade, and so you had branching sword arts along with the upgrading of the weapon. Oh, so if you went um, enchanted versus um, yeah. chaos or fire, like you could have yeah, two yeah. totally different sword arts for the same weapon. That would be very neat. That would be cool. Kind of just that, a bit, bit more creativity in PvP as well. So you, you might see the sword, because that happens a lot in PvP. You see what people have, like, I know his moveset, I know how to deal with this. But if there's variety in what they have, and you don't know what they're <laughs> going to actually pull out, because there's five options, say, that, that could be really cool, that there's a sword art upgrading path. Yeah, I definitely... Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it, just, it, it just gives you that more more options to be able to customize your build exactly how you want it and it, it, that's kind of that would be cool and i hope something like that possibly isn't it and it's not just a one sword up for that weapon and that's that's it that's the only one you're going to see for the whole game because that'll be a bit yeah yeah it could be to have a bit of variety um back on that norse x-man mm. what i thought was cool though is because that's the um that's the feel I got from the before Dark Souls Two came out. From all the all the trailers, is that it was a more of a, a a northern Viking European aesthetic rather than your um, Dark Souls One, which is more of your kind of English 
kind of medieval. Dark Souls 2 had a, a Norse kind of feel to it. And that seems like they're bringing that, combining both together. You've got that northerner who has that feel of the, the, the Fram the Fram armor, kind of the iconic armor from Dark Souls 2. And I thought that's kind of cool that they're kind of bringing that in and keeping that aesthetic and but still keep, and merging it with the kind of English medieval look. Yeah, no, I, I do, I do see what you're saying. Like, but they did that with the classes. Though you had that, and then the, the the other class looked like your classic Dark Souls one, as you say, yeah. English knight. But yeah, I, I think well, Miyazaki did say that they're trying to take the best bits from two and one and kind of move them over like he, he did say he's not going to forget about like two ever existed sort of thing so yeah i, I can't see why not I, yeah. I do yeah it's quite cool i quite like the look of the uh he, the, the 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 skyrim man as i called him <laughs> mr skyrim yeah he's he's quite no, he did cool. Look cool i like my vikings well my son has a, a viking name <laughs> I wonder if that was a bit of an inside joke because um, you guys have read the interview with Miyazaki where he said when he came in from when they brought him in on Demon Souls that it was a first person RPG and it was a resp- direct response to Oblivion because Oblivion had just come out and blown everybody's minds and then Demon Souls wasn't working and Miyazaki came in and fixed it and now it you know set off this whole franchise that we know and love but I wonder if like including a very very obvious Skyrim character in there is kind of like a little <laughs> hey yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, it uh, definitely could be. Um, he's got a bit of sense of humour, old Miyazaki. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, the funny thing is that he, I think he's he's just as much as a, tro- a troll as Kojima, I think, when it comes to shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does like a good joke. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, that's definitely, what, um, you missed out on the whole Dark Souls 1 pendant thing. Uh, I, I, I have one yeah, of the I've best heard. trolls of all time <laughs> <laughs> he always picks the pendant yeah it does nothing <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> I, I can imagine everyone was like studying it and trying to work out what it did for so oh, for long sure. and it, it just does nothing <laughs> there was a I don't remember what form it was on but I remember when I was deep deep in Dark Souls 1 and like just gobbling up all the lore and everything I could find on it there was a form thread that had to be like 60 or 70 pages long and these poor internet dudes were going through and like okay well I put on this armor and I tried to use the pendant at these locations in the forest and it didn't work <laughs> and then I tried dropping it at these locations and like they were just systematically trying to really break through yeah, this thing and yeah of course nothing was there and that's just wow. so brilliant <laughs> that's I so punishing I've heard on a on a few podcasts imagine if there is something it does <laughs> like imagine if there, there is and he's just kept quiet this whole time like, <sighs> well at this point um, guys like Illusory Wall and his tried everything have torn apart that game on the P- especially when the PC version came out of course yeah but <laughs> all of the like do, did you see where they had um, they data mined the hell out of that game didn't they yeah they actually got the second um, blue orb invasion working because originally you were supposed to invade Shiva in the painted world instead of Lotrek in the in wow. Orlando. Yeah, yeah. So like they actually got that invasion working at one point. So nice. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't know whether it was them guys, but uh, someone pulled basically the data mined it, and they pulled a lot of the stuff out, didn't they? Like uh, I can't remember. I think it was was it Dark Souls two they did it for. Or Dark Souls 1. No, it was Dark Souls 1 and they pulled out some extra, like, secret bosses and all that sort of thing. It was just pretty mad, some of the yeah, stuff that was there. 
a really cool armor set for the kind of the head of the four kings. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah, really you awesome. You could actually equip the four kings' weapon too. That sword too. That was awesome yeah. looking. Hmm. And there was also there was like a little um, the witch is it Beatrice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a kid version of her, isn't there? Yep. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of cool lore stuff. Uh, a lot of it revolves around Valka, which is interesting. It was kind yeah, of from the game. yeah, yeah. All the Valka stuff. There was a lot. Yeah, they, I remember they someone mentioned that, and they pulled a lot of it. And it it's a shame, really. I it always. I'd like to know why a lot of this stuff gets pulled. I don't know whether it'd be time or if they just decide it don't work or. Yeah, see, it's, it's quite interesting. I like all that stuff. Since we're talking about Dark Souls One, uh, Death Note, you just did you just finish the game, or did you? You're close to finishing the game for the first time. Well, where are you at? <laughs> get get this. I finished it, and I've just finished it again. <laughs> <laughs> I literally on my second playthrough, I absolutely tore for it. First Oops. first playthrough took me forty five hours. I literally just finished it in just over ten hours. My second playthrough. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. do it probably quicker if you uh, a third time. Like it's actually quite quick when you know what you're doing. I think, oh, yeah. yeah, I think what helped is I ran into the tombs, got the old great scythe, full decks, <laughs> maxed it out plus fifteen, and it's just everything was just dying. <laughs> everything oh, yeah, that's was boss dead. Yep. I just like it because where the bosses are so big and it's got that really awesome overhand swing, you can just go underneath them and just swing away, and they can't get you like <laughs> under their legs. Like, <laughs> Castrate them. You can't get me. I did that with Sif. I literally just stood under him, just chopping at his tummy, and he just couldn't get me. I was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a bit of fun. Yes, yeah, awesome. Because like when I first played through, I basically I was playing with the Zwihander, but I went with a. Uh, a lightning's Vihander and obviously when I got to Gwyn it was a bit of a pain in the ass because I didn't realise he's a but he's got defence against lightning so yeah that just was a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah for the Lord of Cinder he sure does um use a lot of lightning <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, but he you know, calls lightning uh, yeah he, uh, he's got a flame sword but he's he's got lightning stuff it's just like oh, okay fair enough yeah well, I, well, it seems to happen though because Solaire's like that as well, isn't he? With the, the Covenant of the Sun, but he's uh, he, he likes lightning spears. So. Well, Some people, same as Avatar, the Last Airbender, the the, the f- ultimate art of fire bending is lightning. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I wonder so where that that comes from. Natural the, progression. Yeah, I don't I don't see how they go from sun to lightning. It's, it seems to be quite a common thing. Yeah very strange but yeah no I mean god yeah absolutely loved it like some of the bits were just frustrating the hell out of me like some of the bosses on the on the second half of the game like I've got to say too many too many giants I was banging my head against the brick wall in that place like oh my (laughs) word I just oh Man, well, on, the, on the last podcast, um, you were just about to go into Tomb of, Tomb of the Giants, I think. Did you manage to find a light source before you went in there? Yeah, I managed to uh, get the uh, sunlight maggot. Okay, and oh, I, that makes it quite a bit easier. Yeah, it made it easier. I, if I would have gone in there in the pure dark, I think I would have just shot myself. <laughs> oh, I people who gave up. Oh, because they couldn't see. You can actually get back out. But you, it's really hard to find, and I knew I knew people who just couldn't get back out and just gave up because they don't know how to get out. 
Oh, I have straight up told people like, "Oh, you went to the Tomb of the Giants first. Just start a new game. It'll be quicker. Just start <laughs> over. Don't go down there. <laughs> like if you were, if that was the first place you went in the game, just start over and then just you'll be able to get through the asylum in like thirty minutes this time. It won't take you four hours. Like just go do the thing. <laughs> just don't go um, there again. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, I could actually run through Tomb of the Giants in the dark now. I think, like I know the path that's well enough. That I'm probably pretty sure I could almost run it in the dark. Uh, I mean, I've got the path laid down, but I just don't like the bloody enemies. I don't oh, like them. <laughs> God. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this is it's a that ultimate yeah. Soulsborne strategy of just run right past them. I don't think you have to fight yeah. a single person except for the. I think you have to fight one of the pillar dudes, right? One of the bone pillar guys, like on the way to Nita. But that's, that's yeah. really bad. Yeah, because you can't run past him. You have to you have to chop him. So, but that you can just normally one hit them dudes. Yeah, but I, why didn't I do that? What an idiot! Yeah, I could have just run past everything. It, the ones that annoy me the most are the friggin' bone dogs. Oh my word! They attack quickly and they're really oh. hard to, to, to block. They're... And they have a super heavy combo too. They can get you three or four times before you realize what's happening. Yeah, yep. and the thing is, because I've I've plowed through relatively quick, and I've been putting most of my souls into sort of my decks and my endurance. My HP is quite low, so two hits from them dudes, and I'm dead. <laughs> And that's their combo. They're like, bang, bang, dead. I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> they, are, they are hard to read as well. Um, they're, they're probably my least favorite down there. It was the jumping swipe that kept getting me. They've got that yep. huge wind-up, and they're like, bang. And they just, oh, God. <laughs> I hated that place with a passion. And, yeah, Nito wasn't any nicer. He wound me up as well. Because I'd go in, I'd go in. Well, I learned after a while, but I'd go in and I'd stand still and wait for the skeletons to come to me, kill them with mid divine, and then do Neo. But he's got this thing where you, you hear a girl screaming, and like he does that fucking sword out the floor thing. He's killed me with that so many times because I didn't realise that that sort of high pitched screaming was the, 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 the sort of noise before he, he uses that attack but obviously now i know that i can go and just dodge out of the way but that got me so many times that like i'd go in there and he killed me one hit when i went in there i was like oh, for god's sake you got to heal as soon as you get in the boss room as well so you got that yeah because you got that drop delay. you got the yeah. drop yeah that, that's but, what i do like about the souls games is that they it's not over just not only audio no, sorry let me start again not only visual cues there's audio cues and and, and gameplay and so if you actually pay attention um, mm. There's a lot of enemies that if you listen to sounds, you can actually avoid attacks. Yeah, um, no, I think it was a key one that re- that makes me think of that is uh, those explodey dudes in Dark Souls Two. They run at you and just kind of dive at your feet and blow up. Oh, what the uh, like the mummy exploding mummy yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hated the last them. Bastille. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, and then also down the pit, there's a bunch at the bottom. I think it's when I first pit. came across the ones that actually explode. Um. Mm-hmm. Underneath the bridge, and yeah, yeah. I, I was having a. I could just these guys are annoying, and I just kept dying against them. And then a mate of mine said, "Just listen to." There's like this noise. I can't remember what the noise is, but it's really. It's like, like a. Distinctive, yeah, <laughs> and if you roll when you hear that noise, you'll always be fine. Mm. Like it's a perfect timing to to get you to keep you alive through the roll. Um, and just I love that stuff in the game. That is not only visual but audio cues as well. Sorry, side note. Just no, no, no. It's totally true. No, I, I do totally agree. Because like, 
once picking up on that sound, it made it made it a lot easier because I could just sort of get out of the way. And also with his sort of chargey attack, it that has a bit of an audio cue as well because you can hear the, the wind up, like the the, the air kind of crackling. You know, like, oh bugger, best run away now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you're cool, de- definitely cool boss. Right. Yeah, he's a pain hey, in the ass. Think about it. You said you had quite a long run back. Which did you find both bonfires down in the tomb of the giants? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I, I still, still, even even from the second bonfire, it was still a relatively annoying run back because you had to run past, I think, two or three dogs and a uh, a big skeleton, and then like five pinwheel dudes. It's just like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and the little babies. Oh, the little baby skeletons <laughs> as well. Yeah, babies. <sighs> Did you get the uh, NPC invasion right there before you go into the tunnel? No. <laughs> ah, yes. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you if you want to go back. But um, there's there's a really interesting NPC invasion right there. If oh, okay. You, if you summon a certain character at a previous boss to help, and then uh, are human as you're going into that tunnel, you'll get a little bit of a surprise. Well, that's interesting. It's where when you come out of the tomb of the giants and it opens up and you got this big uh, vista of. I can't remember what it looks at. It just looks cool. Uh, uh, Ash Lake. And it is Ash Lake. Like yes, that whole area. Um, and you you bright, go right towards the boss. There's also a path to the left, and there's nothing down there, is there? No, it's completely <clears> empty. It looks like there yeah. should be an item down there, but yeah, there's nothing. Is that Ash yeah. Lake? Then I did wonder what that was. The the yeah, vista. That's Ash closely, Lake, is you it? Can kind of see the tree trunks and That's all right. of that. And, uh, I, th- I think you guys talked about how you can see over to the. Um, oh, the Isolith. Uh, yeah, Isolith. Yeah, Isolith. You can see over there from there, but you can also see um, Ash Lake, which is kind of see in the bottom of the world thing which is a really cool idea from a lore perspective oh, that's one I, 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 that is one thing I adore about these games that yeah, you can you can see so far and, and that's actually obviously playable showed with the uh, the blood stain like all the way over there and still visible that's just that's just amazing I think that's so good it's just great level design but speaking about level design actually there was um a few people have mentioned with Dark Souls 3 like the level designs really nice winding on itself lots of verticality but a lot of people is complaining that they come to dead ends with nothing in them which is a bit of an odd occurrence for a Dark Souls game you don't really normally get that and it's a lot of people said yeah it's a bit bit of a shame that there are so many dead ends but being an alpha build it could be filled up with yeah. better items maybe some enemies and yeah, because that's what I've heard. Actually, been... that first area is kind of a bit more open, and there's more of a it's more of like a a city feel to it rather than just a linear path, um, mm. which is kind of a cool idea. But uh, yeah, I think Dave Control Live he mentioned that yeah, it's um, it felt a bit wasted. There was like a lot. There was you know, what you weren't achieving anything. It was just kind of looping around to the same point without really being a shortcut, and that is a little disappointing. But as you say, alpha build, there could be a lot more depth to it as we go on sorry Jeremy I cut you off before oh no that's okay that's okay um I've been just I'm, keep meaning to go back and try to find the original like Dark Souls 1 E3 videos when they were showing the game off for the first time and see like what where they were actually showing it off at and see if how that altered to the final game to, to kind of in my mind get an idea of how they show it off in a in a demo environment versus how they actually finish the game to see kind of the comparison because I, I did I've seen a lot of that stuff in Bloodborne I've seen a lot of that stuff in Dark Souls 2 but there wasn't that much that changed uh, let's not get to the lightning 
or the lighting engine tobacco Dark Souls 2. <laughs> <laughs> Level layout wise, not a whole lot changed. So I'd be curious if it actually had changed in Dark Souls 1 as well. And if we could expect more changes from this or just more items in the Dark Souls 3 environment. I th- yeah, I, I I do have a feeling that Miyazaki is very careful about what he where he places stuff and when he places stuff, um, because he li- I think he likes to get reactions from the community, <laughs> and and yeah, like with the Umbasa from the Bloodborne beta, <laughs> I don't think there's any intention for it to be staying there. I think to be honest, I think it's just he just likes to mess with us. <laughs> he he does like to mess with people by the looks of things. Cause yeah, he put that in it and it got, everyone was like, Oh, is the link to demon souls? Oh, everyone went mad. And then it was just gone. <laughs> they just took it out of the game. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And, and I, I do think he, he's re- the games. It's not just him, the whole development team. I think they're very careful where they place items. And so they don't want to be spoiling too much with the actual in game, the actual final build item placement. So I think there will be, changes i think the level might be the same but there might be some key changes like yeah. say with npcs or item placement um yeah even well some. you you were just mentioning uh, uh i'm just quickly flicked through the dark souls e3 thing and it all looked pretty where it was in the game what what did they show is this undead parish yeah undead parish but he's obviously running around there in a full uh black knight gear sword shield armor the lot <laughs> so it looks pretty badass but uh, all the enemy placements and everything else seems to be the same okay exactly as it as it was in the game so interesting hmm. i guess we'll yeah. wait and see yeah, yeah this is what I, I think i said to you the other day didn't i jeremy I, like that's kind of like trailers can always be deceiving like you said but at the same time with bloodborne we got pretty much what they showed us they didn't really sort of show us anything that we never received like they did with Dark Souls 2. I think they kind of learned their lesson after that. Yeah, yeah I think true. you see Miyazaki, especially in interviews, um, kind of rein it in, reining some of his PR people in. Like they're not, they're not over-hyping this game at all when it comes to Dark Souls 3. And I think Bloodborne, and maybe it was just because Sony was involved... Um, there was a lot of push to say like this is the game this is the you know this this is the thing you want this thing and with dark souls 3 they're like yeah you, you want this thing let us show you the thing but we're not going to like we're not going to tell you why if you're here you know why you're here like we're not going to try to sell this to you we don't have to sell this to you at this point no i totally agree it's very sold <laughs> yeah when i heard the name dark souls 3 i was already sold before i saw any videos or anything i was like well i'm going to be buying that <laughs> yeah they know the market yeah, but no, I do, I do agree though. They aren't overly. They're just like, look, this is what we've got. Have a look, see what you think, and that's and that's how they're doing it. They're not like ah, like as you say with Bloodborne, they were like, look at this amazing game, Bloodborne, Bloodborne, great, great game, amazing, amazing. But I think that was down because Sony, obviously, having paid for the damn thing, they was like they like to make sure it's out there and it makes lots of money. I just wish yeah. Sony had given like. Let's just say a quarter of the budget that they put into the Order 1886 or whatever that the shoot 'em up shoot werewolves yeah. game was. Yeah. I wish they had given that to Bloodborne because I'd be out at a bar or something and see advertisements for Bloodborne on TV during like soccer matches and during like sporting events, and I'm like, man, just give this to Bloodborne too. <laughs> like, mm. People will play the game, I promise. Yeah, a lot of people have picked it up. Like 
Death Note, you're you're one of those people who this Bloodborne was your first Souls game. Well, look what look what it did to me. Exactly. Look yeah. what it's done. <laughs> I'm like a crack addict, but for for Soulsborn. Souls. <laughs> show, show us where the Bloodborne touched you, Death Note. Show us where it touched you. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> it um, wouldn't stop. Fear, fear the old blood. <laughs> oh, I, um, I I have nightmares of it. Well, I think that's a good game sells itself. Uh, like, look at Demon Souls. Look how long it took to actually get traction. It had no promotional support, but look where it got. Like, we're, we're here now. We're four ga- four games in, and we're still looking for more. It, even though I wasn't around at the time, though. But Dark Souls, uh, sorry, no, Demon Souls took a while to get going because it, it was when it took off in Japan. It didn't really do so well until I think it was until the Atlas version and then it started picking picking up pace and oh, for sure. that's when everyone started noticing it because it did yeah it didn't particularly do well in japan at the start but then it's, it's... i remember um being a because i i frequent the something awful forums quite a bit mm. um, and have for years and years and years and um i remember there being a demon souls thread and all these dudes were talking about like how incredibly difficult this game was and everybody was importing it from japan because it had an english language um like mode or whatever. I think everything was in English, actually. Yep. Now that I'm thinking, I don't think yep. it was all the text and stuff. It just hadn't been officially translated. Um, and I remember like seeing stuff and seeing like let's plays and going, man, this just does not look like it is. But it got more and more and more hype. And you know, okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. And I lasted for 45 minutes, and I sent it back to GameFly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Uh, well, I, once I got into Dark Souls one and kind of fell in love there, I went back to Demon Souls. Uh, okay, it's, it's one of my it's one of the top ones of the series for me. Like it's it's, it's such a cool game. Okay, oh, cool. <clears throat> well, it's good. To, it's interesting seeing people bounce off it, but then come back to it. Um, but that's what I was trying to say with the game is that it it had no promotion, it had no support from Sony to kind of promote it. But because it was the game, it was. It, it took time, but. People it like sold it. itself. It sold itself over time, mm. and that's what's so great about its story is that the game itself is what sold it. Not promotion, not advertising, not um, smoke and mirrors. Like there was no. Everyone knew Just, what they were getting because yeah. they would heard it from people, and they'd seen the game or heard about the game from people, not just advertisers. Who well, I know are people, but the you know. <laughs> they they are just machines. Sometimes it seems that way, and that's what I like about it. Whereas, as, as Jeremy, you said with uh, the order eighteen eighty six, it was it was just oh. all hype, it was all media, it was all promotional to try and get us to buy. I think the reason they pushed that so hard because they knew it was going to be a load of toilet. <laughs> yeah. Surely they must have it. known internally. It was like this is. Okay, I can go over it. It looks beautiful, but I can't touch a damn thing. Half of the game is spent picking up items and, oh, look how pretty this item is. I can spin it round and look at it. Oh, it's fantastic. That it, it's, uh, it blows smoke up its own ass all the time, that game. It's unbelievable. It's like, look at how good this pretty game is. Oh, it's so good. And then you go and do some shooting. You're like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> Yeah, it's dropping price pretty bad, pretty quickly. I'm tempted to pick it up just to give it a go. <laughs> oh. I, I tried. I got it from uh, Gamefly, which is like a game rental service. It's like Netflix for video games, basically, yep. when Netflix wasn't a streaming service. But um, And I I played it for, I'm going to say an hour, and I was just like, this is the most boring bullshit I have ever played. <laughs> and yeah, I just sure. write back in the envelope and send it back. So. Totally agreed. Yeah. 
Okay, maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one one shame because you still have you have GameFly over here. Like we obviously had uh, Blockbuster and things like that for renting games. Now there's literally nowhere in the UK that you can rent games from. Nowhere. Yeah, that's really really sad because I would spend so much more money on video games if I couldn't just get them from GameFly all the time. Cause there's been so many times where something I was excited about, I put in, played for an hour, and just sent it immediately back. And that would have been, you know, 40 bucks, 20 bucks, 60 bucks that I would probably try to buy it with. You know, so I'm just saving that money. I hate it for you guys not having a rental place. Uh, yes. I, I, you saying that, oh, I have to be so very choosy about sort of what games I buy. Because games in the UK cost 50 UK pounds, which in dollars would be about 75, 80 dollars. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. High. But, well, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot it's a lot it's of money worse. it's worse here in new zealand uh, yeah you get rough didn't you <laughs> yeah ours are usually 10 15 dollars more us jeez you guys i'm sorry guys i don't know why america's so terrible to the rest of the nation but the thing <laughs> is i, I makes... promise you i'm voting democrat all the time <laughs> I, d- I, I don't understand why they did but surely sony can just go right well it's say 60 dollars in the u.s so that's forty dollars uh, forty quid, but they don't. They'll go. Well, no, that's that's exactly like. So if it's fifty fifty dollars, it'll be fifty pounds, and they'll just. It's like, hold on, what what happened to conversion rates? Where did they go? <laughs> did you lose them down the toilet? Yeah, I, I remember. Vader, when... does, New, does New Zealand have like the weird stuff with um, censorship laws that Australia has? No, nah, we're not as bad as Australia. Do not. Yeah, okay, cool. but we do suffer because of that because we kind of piggyback off their imports. Um, it's be- get better now, but up until recently, we've just kind of really haven't had a good supply of um, a good the supply chain. But um, yeah, we piggyback because a lot of our companies, like EB Games, which is in Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Do you guys have them in the states? EB Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we called them. Um, they started as electronics boutiques. That's right. Yep. And then they switched to EB Games. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one. And so we have them, and but we kind of piggyback off Australia. Um, and so yeah, we if they don't get a game, it can kind of can affect us. Um, or we get the same version as they get, or whatever. Because I think the GTAs were censored. Um, well, I haven't heard a game happening like that for a while. Um, no, to be honest, I haven't heard too much on on that front. To be honest, it's been quite quiet on that. It, the ones that normally get uh, bitten the most. Uh, who was it? I can't even bloody remember now. Brain's gone dead. Brain freeze. <laughs> yeah, I've, a long time ago, one of the earlier GTAs, I think maybe three or Vice City or one of them, um, they had, like, the prostitutes were taken out or there was a there was a change to it for the Australian version. It was something like that, but I, I never played the game. So I oh, no, yeah, what that was was that in GTA you could, um, like, when you were sleeping with the prostitutes in the car or whatever, you could zoom in and you could see everything that was going on in the car, and they basically <laughs> took that out, so you can't say that all you saw was the car rocking, and that was it. But once the game was out, they just patched it back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, know, it was okay, quite cheeky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's quite funny. Um, but no, we're not as bad as Australia. They're quite uh, funny about their rules. Interesting. Thanks, just, thanks for answering. I was always, I was just kind of curious. So. Well, yeah, a lot of people um, assume it's both, um, and a lot of people <laughs> recently. There's been things like GTA was taken off shelves of um, a few big stores in Australia, um, oh, and it was a big 
big fuss like the stores have just decided that it's not family friendly so they've taken off their shelves and and uh, the internet kind of was like oh australia's censoring and banning games from stopping people playing it's not what it was you still could go to eb games and buy the game it's just, uh, it's just like the smaller stores yeah. were like no i don't want people like well yeah the walmarts and the you know the family stores kind of yeah. places your kmarts and whatnot they they were to stop selling it on there so they didn't have it on the shelf uh, yeah and that's all it was but the internet took it wrong and talk about how Australia banned it the, and whatnot. The internet took something wrong? Never that happens. never happens. <laughs> never, ever happens. So, yeah, I've, I've listened to a few podcasts and I've mentioned how it's been been removed from st- uh, shelves in Australia and I've, I've tweeted them and gone, no, nah, that's not completely correct. It's it's just a few shops have chosen to or changed. Individual stores, chosen yeah. Chosen to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, talking about price, I remember when, like a, when this, the console Sony uh, PS4 came out um, it was announced that the Canadian console went up $50 in, in price $50 Canadian because it was priced too cheap when it first came out um, <laughs> the PS3 cheap <laughs> oh PS4 this was a PS4 oh PS4 I was um, going to say PS3 Sony, they were like you had to mortgage your house to buy one of them <laughs> yeah I know PS3 was really expensive um, and I just laughed when I saw it people were complaining about how it went from like 400 Canadian to 450 um and yeah, I, I did a price check, and yeah, still even with the increased price, it was a hundred dollars cheaper than we could get it here in New Zealand. Like mm-hmm. even with the increased price, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, crazy. Just a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. The 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 world is it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know why they just can't have one set price from say sony or microsoft and then they just convert rate it and that's that but they don't it's they hedge it it means they they set a price and so if currency changes they're still making enough money off off that region um Mm. so but it usually means they win out in the long term Mm. yeah nothing price (laughs) yeah i'm an an accountant (laughs) so that's cool i was just looking at like going back to dark Souls free quickly i just wanted there was one more thing that i uh I'd written down about the tombstones. I don't know if you saw this, the law tombstones called the epitaphs. I've heard briefly about them. Is that where you sacrifice some souls to kind of get a bit more? Yeah. Well, well, what it was, you were, apparently you went up to it and it was like sacrifice flame and you, you do that. And then apparently that no one noticed anything disappearing on it, but they obviously they didn't have an inventory, so no one could check, but then it gives you a bit of law, but, <laughs> Yeah, no inventory that they didn't want anyone reading anything on, or, or like no law items. But they give this one piece away, and I thought it was quite interesting when they did it. It, it came up and it says, To honour and shadowy retreats, fear the sun's temptation and the winged executioner. I thought that sounded pretty cool because it, it definitely seems to me like they've gone into the dark age. Because if it's saying fear the sun's temptation, they're trying to obviously sway you away from that thing so maybe we definitely are in the age of dark now yeah the good ending in dark souls one <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people would believe would say that that's that's the, that's the better ending that's the, than... I, I stick with that <laughs> i accidentally got that ending the first time i beat dark souls one because you know when it's that classic video game thing when you finish an area you like you start before you go into where you think you should go, like you go to all the places you shouldn't go, yeah. like mm. just trying to find new stuff. And um, I saw the bonfire appear after I killed Gwen, and I was like, okay, well, there's the bonfire, and that'll probably warp me to wherever the end game is. So I'm just gonna walk around a little bit. 
walked outside and then yeah, serpents everywhere, and I was like, "What the hell is going on? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this ending." I did the exact uh, same thing. Well, they don't really make it very obvious, do they? They they kind of you you beat Gwyn and you're like, okay, so you've got the bonfire and then you've got the door, and it doesn't really say what well, this is what you must do. It just says like you go over and it says kindle first flame or you could walk out the door like but it doesn't explicitly tell you i mean if you're playing that and you didn't know there's no real indication of that that's your two endings there's yes what's so good about it though i I suppose they they like doing that though i mean the same same thing with dark souls 2 it's you could either do it or you didn't same with bloodborne as well you could either well there was the three endings but you could either sacrifice your life or not sacrifice your life and Obviously, with the the lovely umbilical cord thing that was yum yum yum. <laughs> the yum. thing about Dark Souls Two is that they didn't actually add that second ending until Scholar came out. Because in the original and um, pre DLC, there was no like all the, the only ending was defeating Homegirl, whose name I forget. Uh, Natalia? That's not right. Nadalia? Nadalia? Yep. All right. Is Does it, not matter. Yeah. <laughs> defeating the end boss and like he would take the throne, and it wasn't until. Like I said, scholar came out that after you meet the scholar that you would go through and you could actually just walk away. Ah, that's but, interesting because obviously I didn't know because I never played the original version. Obviously, scholar was the first version that I played, so I I just figured that was that was that you had the choice. You could either go there or you could not. But obviously, because obviously it, I presume in the original version you beat her and that's the ending. Because obviously on that one you then have to fight scholar, don't you? So. Spoilers, sorry people. Yeah, I, still, I haven't done the Scholar um, playthrough yet. <laughs> Oops. Oh, just, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's kind of obvious, but it's no problem. Um, it, yeah, because I, I actually lost my save. I had Platinum's um, Dark Souls 2 on the PS3, um, and I lost my save with a PlayStation Plus save backup when I switched consoles. Um, and yeah, so I had to start again, and I was halfway through the DLCs. Um, <coughs> and yeah, so I've actually missed... I still haven't seen some of the in-game stuff. I just haven't had the time. <laughs> I need to, though. Yeah, yeah. Scholar's really, really good. Like, I, I, I can't say how it compares to the original two, because I don't know, but Scholar's... Yeah, it's fantastic. I absolutely I, adore it. I can it. say, because I have <laughs> a couple hundred hours in each. Scholar, <laughs> Scholar definitely... Yeah, it's... It is the more complete package. Like the things they do with enemy placements, the things they do with item placements make more sense. Like it's and having the DLC incorporated into the game. Because Death Note, like when the DLC came out, you would buy the DLC, you would open your game, and then you just had a thing in your inventory. Oh, see, I the key. Oh, I had to go find them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And playing through the game, it makes much more sense finding those items where you do. Mm. Oh, okay, this is the key to go past here, and I'm going to go try to use it over there, and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. yeah oh, I no, just, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just haven't cool. been to justify buying the game a second time after I platinumed it. Um, yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm hoping it drops in price soon. Yeah, I mean, that there's been a few sales here and there. I think it'll, when it, closer to DS3, I think they'll probably do a nice little Dark Souls 2 yeah, Scholar so. sale. I think, I think they probably will. I checked yesterday, and it's still $75 New Zealand, which is probably about 35 quid closer. Well, on my 40. store, it's on my store, it's 45 Still 45 what? Heck. On the UK oh, store, yeah. Oh, on PSN, it's probably 100 still. Oh, this is this is uh, this copy, like a um, physical copy. Oh, right, yeah, on PSN, it's yeah, 45 on PSN. Oh, yeah, it'll be me. 110 still. <laughs> yeah. 
it just sounds so expensive. Version, I don't know what versions it applies to, but um, I saw on Tumblr today that Namco's doing like a $10 off all versions of Dark Souls thing. So I don't know if that applies to just retail or just like Steam editions or whatever, but there, there is a small sale going on. Yeah, because they, they're, doing, the, they're doing like the humble thing, aren't they? Yeah, they were doing the um, humble bundle that had like Dark Souls 1 for $10 or something. Like mm. super cheap. I saw it as low as 5 I thought I heard it recently. Wow. Like on Steam, it was on Steam, I think. Like, I think it's everyone's insane. quite happy at the moment because um, obviously the Xbox One owners are going to get uh, backwards compatibility for Dark Souls One, aren't they? Yes, I heard it's on the list. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. I'm <laughs> just so cautiously optimistic about that, like because that's if I had Dark Souls on an Xbox One, I could probably unplug my Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty and go ahead and move over to an Xbox One for the few games I want to play over there, but. Just don't know. I don't trust Microsoft not to not to screw that up. So I'm kind of waiting <laughs> for other people to take the plunge <clears throat> before. Oh, I actually think the same thing. I just think ah, oh, it seems too good to be true. Is it actually <laughs> going to work? Like, well, uh, 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 of any games, are they actually working yet? Any games of the, with the backwards compatibility? Do you know, I've only seen footage yeah, for CJ, Mass Effect. Um, yeah, Mass Effect, and there's a bunch of um, digital only games. I think like the. What they call them Xbox Live arcade games. Yep. Were yeah. So, um, and of course, that rare pack that came out. Oh, the rare replay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, several of those games are just the Xbox One versions. So you're actually, you load the game disc on an Xbox One and they boot you into a 360 emulator to play the game. Uh, I've never, I haven't done any of that. I was just listening to the uh, Giant Bombcast on that. So they were talking about how that worked. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I kind of like what they've done there. I'm kind of disappointed that Sony have gone down the PlayStation Now route, having to sort of rent them at extortionate prices. I think it's a bit cheeky because they, they, yeah, I don't know. I suppose they've got to pay, <laughs> cover the cost for buying Gaikai, I suppose, somehow. But, yeah, I wonder if they'll change the tactic. Yeah, they, I think they would have to eventually because. They've got to get more people in that service because it make it works amazingly well. And if I could pay like a couple of dollars on top of my PS Plus membership to get access to five games at one time, two games at one time, or whatever like limitation you would have put on me, like yeah, I would totally do that. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think I'd do that as well if it was an extra little bit on top of the PlayStation Plus and you got access to X amount per month or something. That exactly. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, really. it, like at the beginning of the month, choose your two games that you're going to play till the thirtieth. Yeah, <laughs> mm. or, or or it could be like yeah. an iTunes thing where you um you have like thirty days to play the game or whatever, or two weeks to play the game. Yeah, uh, exactly. There you go. Once you rent it. Well, that's kind of what it is at the moment, isn't it? But that they're kind of the prices are a bit extortionate. <laughs> it's like yeah, thirty day rental, ten ten UK pounds. I'm like, really? I could probably go to the shop and pick it up for ten UK pounds. I yeah. just don't have my PS3 anymore. That's the only problem, and that's why I can't play Demon Souls. Boo! <laughs> I'll send you mine if you think it will work. Oh, man, I, I've been like, I've asked around all my friends everywhere. Like everyone I know who's got a PS3, and a lot of them was like, "Oh no, I've sold it. I've traded it." And I'm like, "Oh, someone must have one somewhere." <laughs> yeah, I, I kept uh, mine. I actually had two uh, PS3s, and so I, yeah, I sold one. I traded one in for my PS4 and kept one. Why the hell did you have two? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got two 360s right now and I was cleaning out my garage and I found uh, two GameCubes so you just end up with consoles man <laughs> yeah I, I, I sort of inherited my my mum bought 
uh, PlayStation 3 for my nephew so you do some work around the yard uh, at the yeah. house and he, he kind of just kind of played the console and never actually did much of the work and then disappeared and so she just sat around her house so I just picked it up and took it <laughs> so I got yeah two consoles uh, yeah so you have you got did you guys watch uh, much more of Gamescon other than Dark Souls 3 or was that just your main or have you been peeking your eyes at anything else because obviously Sony weren't there it was just a lot of uh, Microsoft stuff and obviously a few other people yeah, I watched I, I, most of the Microsoft conference. So, um, and then I watched the kind of trailers from here and there after the Microsoft conference. But um, so that was that's and, pretty much my experience with Gamescom. Anything pique your interest at Microsoft? The like what they um, showed. I thought Scalebound looked really cool, um, but I don't have a really good history with Platinum Games, and I I know that's like almost a, like a horrible thing, like <laughs> almost using the N word on the internet. Like, <laughs> you don't like Platinum Games, but. Uh, like I just I don't have a great history with those guys, so I'm not sure. Um, but the thing that really kind of interests me is uh, Quantum Break. Is that okay, I yep. thought Quantum Break looked amazing, considering what we saw at the last Gamescom last year. How much it's changed and progressed, where they've threw out all the old cast, brought in known people to do the acting. They've changed the gameplay. They've really done a lot of work to that game in the past year and I was very very impressed of how much it's come along since last last year's Gamescom I was really really impressed yeah last and year I, I really like Remedy Games like the Alan Wake oh stuff. yes uh, Alan Wake was like, amazing I've I, I really enjoyed Alan Wake I know people have their problems with it but I, I love that game I thought it was very very underrated I oh, the story just drew me in so much I thought it was a fantastic game I always like Remedy sort of inner monologue stuff though I, I love the way they do that and it seems like they're doing it with Quantum Break as well <laughs> you got to love an inner monologue yeah no never never actually played any Alan Wake and yeah like last last year the Quantum Break looked real real putts it didn't look very good it looked kind of a bit boring but yeah I did mm. see the, see a little bit of the trailer and it looked quite cool um, the stopping time and whatnot. Yeah, they've definitely definitely done a lot of work to it. I'm quite impressed of how it's come in a year. I mean, there's a few other bits and pieces. I, I don't know if they showed it at the. Um, I think it was at the Microsoft one. Uh, Timberweed was that uh, at the Microsoft one? The, yes. the point and click pixel adventure. I, I've written next to that. Why? It just seems like just a waste of time. <laughs> really? I I, 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 this. I have no idea. I don't remember this at all. I was trying to look up his name earlier because it was in the show notes and I just can't remember what this is. I, I like my old point and clicks, um, but it just, nostalgia's great, but I think we're just going too far. Like it just seems like pixels for pixels sake and clicky uh, point and click for point and click sake. Like it just, we tend to, I think, think the industry tends to go too far down a, a stereotype. Like everyone jumps on the bandwagon, like we've got our survival horrors, and there's just thousands of them now. Um, and everyone's doing retro games, and now we've got thousands of them. So I don't know. I just I had like a real kind of like really kind of feel to it. But yeah, uh, yeah. This is my it? opinion. You're welcome. <laughs> everyone's welcome to their own, though. I guess. No, I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from. Like they, they, it has become sort of a big thing now like oh look at our pixel art games yeah, yeah but <laughs> and yeah, this, this, I think this dude's done it on purpose well, that's why, that's why he kind me. of <laughs> <laughs> right okay 
Because, like, even he said, like, look at these pixels that can cut you. They're so sharp, they'll cut you. Or something real lame like that. <laughs> I was like, come on. Like, we know what pixels yeah. are. And they can look, pixel art is awesome. And it can look really, really cool. And, yeah. it, and it can portray things like in a way that even, you know, full HD graphics can't. But, yeah, just, I don't know. I just found it real cynical, the approach to it. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, you just went really quiet there. So uh, my my thing went a bit mad there. You still there, Jeremy? Is this, is this oh, there you go. Yeah, there yeah. You go. yeah, Jeremy, you went really quiet for what you just said yeah. just before. Oh, weird. Um, I was just saying this is this is the game from the Ron Gilbert, the guy that did Maniac Mansion, and um, yes, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I'm now I'm in this. I'm I, I find this kind of stuff inoffensive, like especially when it has that kind of pedigree. So I was I was kind of into it, but it's not nothing. It's not going to sell me on an Xbox One no. or Windows 10. So, like, I'm like, eh, you know, if they give it away for free on, you know, with like games with gold or whatever, I'll pick it up and check it out. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it looked pretty cool just, just for the, um, not, not because it was pixel art, not because the point. Of, I just like the premise behind it. It looked quite cool, like it was like a horror-y, murder-y kind of game, and I'm always into that kind of thing. But I, I do, I do know what you mean that there are a lot of but I suppose a lot of people are doing these point-and-click pixel... Well, just pixel games in general because they're selling so well at the moment. They they seem to be doing fantastically at the moment. So, yeah. yeah it's the same. I don't know. I'm kind of in two minds about it. But I, I if I had an Xbox, I'd, I'd probably get I'd, I'd get it. But obviously, yeah, I've only got a PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. Same. Um, I, I think I just went into it really cynical. Like, when I saw it come up, I was like, really? Like, it just seemed... I guess I didn't give the chance for the storyline to kind of impress me because uh, I do like those. I, I agree. I like those kind of stories and I like I like those kind of games. But yeah, I think I just was too cynical <laughs> for that one. <laughs> um, but jumping back to Scalebound, I was really surprised that it was multiplayer. Was that a surprise to any of, of you? Yeah, I was totally when like they had four dragons on the screen at one time, all attacking one dude. I was like, okay, well this this is how I could get into this game. Yeah, probably. like if you can do all of this stuff at one time, that seems really interesting. And I know you mentioned you you kind of don't sit well with platinum games. To be honest, I I haven't. I tried. I love Metal Gear Solid, but I tried Revengeance, and I just couldn't couldn't get into it. I was just like, I don't. Oh really? Yeah. I, I man, I was just sucked in by that game. I loved it. No, it looked great. I it was. I fought that the first don't, kind of don't boss. feel bad Vader I, I didn't get into it either yeah <laughs> like yeah I just I don't like invincible bosses and that you have to hit at a certain time yeah it was just weird um, but um, to be honest I didn't give it much of a go but this did appeal to me like the fighting looks very different than other platinum games um, yeah what I did find a bit weird though they had the aesthetic of the the cutscenes were really good looking they look really nice then it went to the game and it had a completely different kind of feel to it. Like it didn't really, to me, it didn't marry up in some way. Like I don't know what it was, but um, but yeah, the game looked cool though. And you can turn into a dragon dude. That, that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, where well, it was kind of <laughs> it, when when he did that, it kind of reminded me a bit of like, uh, do you know? Do you remember Prototype? The, oh yeah, the yeah. Game Prototype. It's like, kind of reminded oh, yeah. me like that a little bit. Dragon Ball Z powering up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, it's it's interesting if if you like them. Uh, as I say, it seems like they've kind of gone a bit more 
RPG action yeah. than just a straight action game this time. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see see what they do with it and how they well they did how actually, they play out with that. They did mention that, didn't they? They actually said it's uh, it's an action RPG. Hmm. Um, and that's that's. Oh, they did. Act, they did actually say that, did I they? Because I, I, yeah. So I, I I watched it with sound off, so oh, okay. I didn't get get any of the the, the chit chat. Because I, I was at, well, obviously I was at work when they did the um, thing, so I had it sort of I had the video on my desk at work, but I didn't have any audio on. So yes, I mostly listen, and then I if anything important, I go watch it afterwards. Um, so I listen mm-hmm. <laughs> to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what about um, Homefront? Did you guys see anything about Homefront? I watched this trailer, man, and I this this the whole concept of American Revolution. I just and it, it's I'm so angry at this trailer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I didn't like any of this at all. Like I thought the uh, kind of overplayed out. Like the we want to thank our protectors while they're you know murdering people in the streets. I think that's just it. Just it. I don't know. It did not appeal to me at all. I, and they didn't show any gameplay, right? Like that no. was all trailer yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah. And the gameplay. From what I remember of the last Homefront game, is this straight up a first person? Oh, shooter? it's like, boring. Nothing really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not like this. This whole trapping of like the dude, the American guy, the guy with the American flag armband detonating the IED. Like it's just so. That that that's an amazing just. <laughs> I, I completely understand that. Um, I I'm not interested in the first person shooter, just a Call of Duty clone kind of game, but. If they could portray a good gritty story like they were in the trailer, I think it could be cool. But I don't think they will. Like it will become down to being just a first-person shooter, and the story will just get lost behind running between point A and point B. Um, I want a deep story from these this, this, the, these games. Um, yeah, but they never seem to do it. It doesn't seem to happen with your first-person shooter. No. I mean, Jesus, De- Destiny tried, but they just failed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was so into that game, and I loved it initially, but I, I then realised that I was just doing the same... Th- I was just on the on the, uh, the the rat wheel, basically, just running after my bit of cheese. Yep. Once I got my bit of cheese, I'd be chasing after another little bit of cheese, and it was never-ending, and it's just... just uh, the whole the whole Taken King thing, everyone's just like, oh, it's, it's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah, it's going to be the same as the rest of it. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I played the beta of Destiny and was like, nah, this isn't for me. And so deleted that and just have been watching on the sidelines watch this whole crazy game over the last year. And, like, it's such weird. Like, people seem to hate playing this game, but they love to talk about it. They talk about it constantly. I mean, you can't get every week. I listen to like the same four or five podcasts, and like at least one of them is going to be talking about Destiny. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, no, I, it's in our minds. They've got us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 it hooked me for a while until I sort of came to the realization what actually was going on, and I realized I was in that World of Warcraft addiction zone and I was like oh shit it's happened again I promised I wouldn't do this again (laughs) (laughs) so I yeah I instantly but in good it it helped me get Dark Souls 2 because I traded it in and it gave me a little pay of cash towards Scholar so it it came in handy (laughs) my copy went towards Bloodborne as I've mentioned before (laughs) yeah awesome so they went good games 
Yeah, no, home front, yeah, I kind of wish I was up there. Yeah, the same as Jeremy, I just uh, it didn't even tickle any whistles at all. I was just no, not interested whatsoever. Yeah. Do you guys think that the, I'm not going to say the internet as a whole or anything, but it, it seems <laughs> like every, with every conference, like I hear more and more people saying like, or just being kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Just unimpressed with a CG only trailer that kind of tries too hard, like the Homefront trailer did, like with the overwrought music and like the oh this is gonna be so epic kind of BS. <laughs> it, it seems like everyone that I was reading on Twitter that was watching that live was just like kind of rolling their eyes in a virtual landscape, just like uh, another one of these. Like when um that Dead Island trailer came out way back when a couple of years ago, and it was. You know, it just it was a huge, it was an amazing trailer, and everybody went crazy for it. And then the game comes out, and people are like, "Eh, it's good, but nah, not that good." Like, I kind of feel like everybody's getting. I wish game companies would realize we really just want to see gameplay. Like, you can cut it however you want to, make it mm. look cool, that's your job. But these long CG intro trailers that I see from the Halos and Assassin's Creed and. I just don't care about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> even I mean, even Dark Souls Three did it. I was stoked about the Dark Souls Three trailer, the announced trailer, and that was all CG. But that's just because I'm a Dark Souls like addict. I can't I can't get away from that. And yeah. I really I wanted to see gameplay in that very first trailer. So I I, 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 I totally agree. I wish they would have given us gameplay straight away. Like C, CJ was <laughs> from Twin Humanities. He he was saying that when the, the first CG trailer came out, he was like, Ugh, yeah, I was the same. What tickles my face? See, I, I, I was kind of the other way. I, I, I don't know if that's because I've, I'm just like deep within the dark soul. I'm deep in the souls. I'm, I'm balls deep in there. <laughs> I was, I was, I was super hyped when I watched it. Just seeing that first Lord of Cinder coming out of his tomb, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's, that looks like the giant Lord. And are we going to be fighting old gods? Which it seems that way because obviously the Lords of Cinder. And, and Gwyn was a Lord of Cinder, so are they. As I said the last time, I think we're going to be fighting basically old people that have kindled the flame over time. Wouldn't it be amazing if the final boss was you? I know people have said this so many times, but like an old character, yeah, that would be cool. Especially if it took like it would be neat if it was a kind of a instead of just one old character, if they did kind of at least one fight where it was very obvious Dark Souls 1 armor and like classic fashion soul outfits basically that you, you know, <laughs> the PvP crew have kind of put together. Like yeah. they had to fight like eight or ten of those dudes all coming at you. Like so you have like your Havel moms, you have your giant dads, you know, all those dudes like well, that would be cool. on you. That would be kind of neat. Ooh, I, the, Jeremy, you'll know this, the Excuse Demon me. Souls Sorry. boss <laughs> where you um, which one is it? It's the old monk Old Muck. Where you, where an, another player who's invaded in that world be summoned to be the boss? If they did that as a boss idea, that other players will act as previous successors to the flame, which would be very cool. And I, I was actually hopeful of that when the, they announced the the Looking Glass Knight boss. Mm, yeah, um, because that was supposed to be the big thing. Is that 
you know, it'll summon other players. But it was, I've never, ever successfully gotten summoned for that fight. And I tried so hard oh. because, like, PvP boss fights are my jam. Like, I love the old monk stuff. It, so. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I fought a few people in that. When it's when it's not NPC summons from the, the Looking Glass Knight, it's, oh, it's really hard because they're actually clever. And, <laughs> and they'll actually <laughs> go and backstab you when you're fighting one of the other NPCs or... Yeah, it, it does make it hard. So not, I want I want to be that asshole, and I could never be that asshole. It, I was it, so upset. It, it needs to have worked better, um, but I, I can imagine that it mate the amount of obviously you, you, people playing through the game. There's only a small window of someone fighting that boss. So being as Jeremy said, being able to get summoned for that small window must be very difficult because there's only you're only there for a small yeah. amount of time. Yeah. That so, was the main difficulty. And he doesn't mm. actually initiate the summoning until, what, like a quarter of his health or half of his health is, half of his health is yeah. gone? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... That's, it's, I mean, yeah. that's what was clever about the old monk is that it was in a tower, I believe, and you, as you walked into the tower, that's when it triggered the summoning, and then you had to get up. This is what I think I believe how it worked. And so there was time, by the time you got to the boss, there was time for it to, to matchmake um, in the background. Because that was cool. Well, and it also did the thing, if you had your friendly summon sign down, if you had any summon sign down, or you tried to invade, um, you could get pulled in as the boss. As the boss, yeah. So even if you were trying to help people, like you could still get summoned to you know, gank them, which was always a lot of fun. <laughs> and that, I think that, that could be cool. Like, imagine if that was one of the bosses where it was a uh, previous a successor to the flame, um, was just another player in the world. I, yeah that would be awesome I hope they do do that uh, and like yeah. one person comes in as a Lord of Cinder because you technically you would have been a Lord of Cinder because we, we all kindled that flame at one point so that would I yeah that would be a very interesting mechanic if they they brought that in I hope they do Miyazaki it, it, if you're certainly. listening <laughs> chuck, chuck <in> the game. <laughs> yeah. first welcome to the podcast and congratulations on learning English second <laughs> about this boss fight <laughs> Oh. Imagine if he did listen. Uh, I saw a cool picture of him uh, this morning. I think it was uh, with him, Tamur Hussein from Game GameSpot in UK, doing praise the sun. Mm-hmm. Him and Miyazaki praising the sun in a picture together. Oh, you saying praise the sun? You just reminded me of something. When everyone's been playing the demo, has everyone noticed the uh, covenant symbol? Praise the sun, or not praise the sun? Yes, mm. sunlight, sun covenant symbol. Yeah, uh, up in I the covenant. Th- that looks so much like the DS2 icon that I'm wondering if that's not just placeholder art. <laughs> mm. I really, I feel like the, I feel like they're gonna put the a sun covenant in there. And yeah. Be a praise the sun gesture. Like it's the third game. People love that. Like it's that's that's what the Dark Souls fandom wants. Like um, besides just you know Solaire is a playable character. Um, <laughs> so I, I have to imagine it will be, but I, I don't know. I wonder if they're kind of tweaking with that or if that's actually just going to be like whatever covenant you're in like it was in Dark Souls 2 or if it'll have like another meaningful indicator there yeah I I would hope because I I don't know whether it'd be nice like where it says obviously fear the sun's temptation and that that temptation leads to if you played it correct because obviously Solaire if, if you did it correctly without him getting done by the sun maggot he would you could bring him in to fight Gwyn and then maybe he he would be in this game as the, this the, where it's his fear the sun's temptation like he's he's trying to bring the light back maybe I don't know it's just mm. there's a lot of scope there for it'd be interesting 
certainly interesting. The Sun Bros. I would love to see it if um, the Sun Bros actually became a kind of invasion-based covenant, or even a kind of a sneaky rat bro covenant. Like that's what where I was everybody just rushes to be a Sun Bro. Yeah, like, but then it turns out. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Like, because that's one one thing I like about the Souls games is that the the good guys aren't always necessarily actually the good guys. <laughs> And vice versa. Um, the Way of Light are very suspect in Dark Souls 1. Um, whereas it's from, <laughs> from the outlook. They, you know, it's the church. You know, it's the clerics. They're the good guys. And all kind of um, Dungeon Dragons fantasy, the clerics are the good guys. But, yeah, kind of a bit dodgy. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I really like that idea. If they kind of throw it on the head again and then we've got the Sun Bros are kind of the invasion covenant. Mm. It would it, it would make sense if this being the Age of the Dark, it would make sense for it to be an invasion covenant. It, it would make sense. That'd be pretty awesome. Well, they're trying to steal flame or light from from in it from people to kind of gather it together to create their own sun. Yeah, because it, it seems like like that that was the other thing with the, the the creating bonfires. Obviously, they showed that, and he's got one of the the bonfire swords, and obviously he he drives that into some body to create his own bonfire that's i i really want to know how that mechanic's going to work properly but is that like the last ember that's the only the very last ember of of the the first flame on that sword because when he's got that sword it's got the, the 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 tip of it's just glowing red hot and could that possibly the last ember that's left of the first flame and that's why you're able to create these bonfires yeah uh, mm. that would be super interesting yeah it's it's one of the mechanics that I'm definitely very interested in to see how they're going to do it because it's it's turned it's it's turned it's everything on its head because obviously everything that the flames there and you're trying to relight it but this but what it seems every that's all gone now and like you're in the age of dark so it's yeah it's it's anybody's game now <laughs> I don't know, just thinking about it, because it's been humanity, which are fragments of the Dark Soul. I wonder if it's going to, if it is in the Age of Dark, if it's flipped on its head and it's it's the undead to have fragments of one of the other brighter souls. And so we're actually, we're, we're actually hunting flame, and so flame is the kind of thing that's keeping us alive rather than the Dark Soul. Just this is really snowballing yeah. weird ideas just because we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, rather than it being humanity we use, it's we're actually using flame to kind of uh, to keep ourselves alive, and we're gathering flame rather than humanity because that's the scarce I like resource. I like that idea. It's the scarce resource now because it's the age of dark. Whereas when it's the age of light, the dark soul is is what's scarce. Or humanity. Which, if you think about it, opens up a lot of opportunity for you to rekindle some of these souls that you're going to find um, by killing bosses or whatever, and probably setting up this world to be even worse than it already is when you found it. Which is kind of a classic Dark Souls thing. Like you're, yeah. you're going to do the whole game killing what you think are evil bosses, and then setting whatever free, or you know, and then it turns out, oh no, that's just like the latest bit of chaos. Like you done fucked up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you should not have done that. Uh-uh, you should not have done that. <laughs> yeah, like, it'd be interesting. Yeah. We're getting into real fan fiction kind of territory. <laughs> yeah, just like digging deep. I, I think it's, it's like on everybody's mind at the moment because it, it, it has opened doors for a lot of new 
aspects because it's the first time they've done it you know so it's it's a big thing now so and what like it's really strange because it like that hollow like the hollow soldier that kind of mutated into like a it looked very bloodborne-esque mutant squiggly beast thing <laughs> a bit of horror in there, mixed in there yeah like what the hell is that all about so just yeah i think that whatever's going on is pretty pretty evil and maybe the age of dark that we was led to believe was the the age of the humans and it's actually just the abyss is just fucking taking over like crazy <laughs> yeah so i've always seen the age of dark because you talk about um cast talks about it in dark souls one that it is it's the age age of humans it's, i always kind of align that with kind of how middle earth deals with it you've got the age of elves or the age of magic and that at the end of lord of the rings you're they're ushering in the age of man and that magic is dwindling and so i've always seen it kind of that way and that's why i think i align with the walking away from the flame and ushering an age of dark is the good ending is because humans have kind of been oppressed by these self-appointed god-like deities um for 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 who knows how long and so it's their chance to kind of actually take control of their destiny rather than being dictated by by gwyn and 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 his lot it's just me speculating and throwing out my ideas No, it's it's, it's always it's it's a very interesting time. I do like it when the the new stuff comes around and everyone's sort of speculating, and it, it, it's it's nice to hear sort of people's different takes on things and just a, a few little on screen things and the amount of different views you get on that. I think I think it's I think it's an awesome time when the game's just about to come out and we don't know anything and everyone's speculating. It's, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, you, and that's I one. Remember, of, I remember hearing some crazy things about Dark Souls too, right when it was announced. Like, oh my god, like you're gonna play as Gwen or you're gonna do this. <laughs> that's some of the best, like crazy Souls. Um, I guess the lore built, not lore building, but speculation that you're gonna come across. It's always a lot of fun. Yeah, lore with quotation marks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Uh, nice uh, we definitely are de- Souls fans because every topic we've discussed has led back to a Souls discussion. <laughs> I, I know. I just like it, it, it's just too much awesomeness. That's the thing. It's just like there's just so much coming through. It's just like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. As I say, the the CG trailer wasn't kind of didn't didn't feel much about. It. It's kind of like yeah, more Souls. I like Souls, but after hearing people talk about it, that's that's when I've been getting excited. Um, and seeing actual gameplay, I'm yeah, I'm pretty 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 hyped. Got my ticket to the hype train. Yeah, I, I bought. A so, will both of you well. guys be picking this up on um, PS4, or are you going to go PSC, PC, or um, I'm I guess all, Xbox One? I don't think any of us have an Xbox One. So. No, I'll be P. I'll be no, PS4. Yeah, PS4 for me. My I, I I had to sell my PC, so I just have my PS4 now. So. Yeah. Yeah. PS4 for me, but yeah, I'd, uh, that's where the flame started. Sony PlayStation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, really hoping that they're going to remaster Dark Souls One for PS4 sometime this year. That'd be super duper swell. I think I'd like a Demon Souls first, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I want both, but I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll take fifty-fifty. Yeah. If you have to pick, um, yeah, that would be good. To, to, actually, do you know what I'd like them to do? Mm. I'd like them to remaster and re- complete remake in a Dark Souls 3 engine some of the old From Software games like Kingsfield. Can you imagine those games redone? 
That'd be cool. See, I've never played any of the Kingsville games. I, I've watched uh, one person play through, is it Shadow Tower? Which I think was the newest one. Yep. And then um, I watched a little bit of uh, Lobos running. I don't remember which game it was. Maybe all four of them. And I was like, mm. I'm not, I'm just not going to have the patience to play through like PS1 era games. Nah. It's like if it, not, a PS1 3D game, it's just it's just not going to happen. No, nah, I, I couldn't do it myself. Dave, Control Live, he did a playthrough play of them all. And I listened to... I, listen, I use them as like podcasts oh, nice. at work, um, and yeah, it would be cool to kind of see them redone. There's yeah. only one PS1 game I'm waiting to be remastered. We all know Final what that Fantasy is. Final Fantasy VII. Hell yes! Oh, but <laughs> did, did did you see they've um, they 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 pretty much denounced that turn-based combat won't be in it? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of need it to be the same but I don't know but at the same time I want to give them a chance to try something new that's the thing because they're remaking it I think if they stuck with the turn based I love it It's that's how I know the game but if they're going to remake it then it needs to be done properly and they need to if they're going to remake it it needs to be done with today's standards and I think turn based combat is something that has kind of drifted away in fashion, and I th- I think they could do something really really good with it. I think hopefully, as long hopefully they, they they have a lot of potential. I, I mean, like Final Fantasy Fifteen's battle system, I think is working quite well, and I think they'll do something along them lines. To be honest, yeah, they just need to keep Materia as cool as it was. I, I def I think they'll keep the Materia system so so you can really customize because it, it that that was the thing with Materia. It was so great and so customizable. You could really do a lot of ingenious stuff yeah. with material and yeah. I just don't see them doing that because that's one thing I, I guess I dislike about 15 is that you're only playing one character and you don't get to actually mm. you control your other guys um, and I like yeah that's that the thing they did they, I, I know where you're coming from they did say the other day though which kind of bummed me out a little bit was that they're making it for a quote unquote wider audience yeah that always scares me <sighs> That always worries me because it means that they're making it for them filthy casuals. <laughs> what, what I didn't get about that is like Final Fantasy VII already had a huge audience. Like it, it mm. was one of the best-selling games of all time. Like who else are they looking for? Well, that, that, like are they looking for my mom to come and play it? Exactly, she's welcome <laughs> to come play. But yeah, I, I don't think they need to try and get new people in. I think that sell plenty yeah i just <laughs> they just i don't it. think it's the combat that's that's pushing people away from like a japanese rpg no, in 2015 no, no. like this it's not it's not the mechanics of the game it's it's just the fact that it's a japanese rpg like that's, yeah there's nothing wrong with that some people just don't dig that like they've definitely fallen out of fashion audience in the final fantasy 7 i mean that's that's crazy talk well that's that's kind of why i think um like the games after 10 have kind of lost interest with me is because they have been pushing for that wider audience like with 13 is like yeah they they have they have felt more western yes rpg than yeah. than the jrpg definitely but with the yeah. japanese look and they've been pushing and like i hear i remember hearing with your final final fantasy 10 x order it was called they're, they're pushing towards a, a teen a female teen market um, and those right. are the games that kind of got okay. like teen, teenage girls into gaming like, and they they loved them but it's just not what I played Final Fantasy <laughs> 4 <laughs> like yeah yeah so it's kind of so a wider audience you're not so keen on yeah I, I, I think it, 
it, it all depends. It could be done great and they could aim just for the guys that want it or they could completely screw it up. But they've got a lot of the original team there, so I've got faith that it, it'll come out quite well. Do, do you do you play? Have you do you play the Final Fantasy games at all, Jeremy, or is that something you don't sort of dip into? You're, you're gonna you're gonna hate me, but I not only I think I've only played one. Um, I missed Final Fantasy VII completely. I've never played Final Fantasy VII. I missed oh, really? all of the Nintendo Super Nintendo versions. Um, I played ten. I think that was the PS2 game, right? Yes. Yeah. With the, with the <clears throat> weird. Blitzball, thank you. Yeah, I played that one, and then I tried playing 12, and I didn't get very far in 12. So my only experience with the series is basically Blitzball. <laughs> you know, trying to dodge lightning in a field. I have a vague memory of that. But that's yeah, yeah, that was in 10, yeah. And you did it like 500 <laughs> times in a row, you got like the ultimate summon or something. Well, ultimate summon, yeah. The, li- yeah, the, the lightning that's unicorn. what I'd heard. So. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's you they're after. So it's, we can blame you if they change it too much because they're trying to get you to play. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, guys. It's all it, my fault. We'll send, we'll we'll send hate mail your way. Final Fantasy Seven or Final Fantasy Trappings when they're done with it. We'll, we'll send right, the hate mail right. your way. You're, you're used to seeing lots of hate mail, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, that was something I was going to ask you, actually. We've, um, like we were saying about Scholar, on obviously... PS4 and Xbox and stuff. Did you notice with the, the the hate mail stuff? Is where does the the most of that come from? So is that more Xbox or oh, PlayStation? It's definitely, it's definitely more Xbox. Really? I would say because um, for a long time when I started the blog, it was just uh, Xbox and PS3 versions available. Um, mm. And then about a, six months after I started it, they released the PC version. Or maybe it was even nine months. It could have been longer than that. And so we got, I very occasionally get trickles of stuff on the PC side, but almost like, I'd say a good 85, 90% is all Xbox. And of the Xbox, it's almost always Xbox 360. That's really interesting. That, that, yeah, I find that I really interesting. I don't know if it's because the um, PS3 at the time, there was really no, like, the cross-game chat didn't exist like it did on the 360. Yeah. There was... It was really difficult to type stuff in, but on the it took ages. 360 had an app before the PS3 did. They had you know the chat pad. I always I always used the chat pad because I, I just like the chat pad. Um, so they had different ways of you know actually typing those messages out. Um, yeah, you could, you could actually go online and go to Xbox.com and do it. PS3 I don't even think still has that. Um, Sony doesn't have that. Excuse me. So it's I think that was a majority of it, but it was also you know kind of. That view of the Xbox three being Xbox three hundred and sixty being the you know Kitty's Call of Duty system or, or whatever like, <laughs> I, it, was, it was very much that like I mean I, I still get like the craziest submissions from three hundred and sixty people so yeah I was gonna say I still can't believe like you're still daily getting that like people putting that stuff up and like posting the stuff to your site and it's just like wow it's amazing some of the stuff i've read on there is just it blows me away it's horrifying (laughs) it really is (laughs) and i used to get so much more like i I do pretty good if i'm doing three or four posts a week now um, of actual hate mail Um, but i used to have back in my heyday when i was when it was real big when dark souls 1 pvp was really really huge and dark souls 2 hadn't come out yet uh, i was i had enough hate mail to have three posts a day 
Wow. Like, I remember looking at my Tumblr queue and seeing like I had 160 queued up on <laughs> And I was doing three Jeez. posts a day. So that was three hundred six that was like a month and a half worth of content. Wow. <laughs> at three posts a day. Um, so it's definitely it's slowed down now, but it's yeah, it's it's still there. And again, most of it's from the three sixty. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So did you did you like Bloodborne was that I know the PvP was a bit wonky on that one. So did did you get much from there or was that pretty quiet? Um, not a lot, actually. I think I've gotten maybe four or five total. Uh, oh, wow. And I think it's, I think it's just because it's so quick and there's not too many ways to really screw somebody over. Um, since both players can heal, mm. you know, there's no weird magic, one hit kill magic that, it, you know, that with like Dark Souls 1 and 2 have some stuff that people will call bullshit or try hard mm-hmm. or casual. <laughs> In Bloodborne, it's really just weapon, gun, heal, and you know, whoever gets the fastest strikes out, which is usually yeah. Uh, so there's not much to get pissed off about. Which and I suppose it's a bit more awkward to get PvP working as well, isn't it? On Bloodborne, it's a bit. It is. Have the the bell system with the maidens is a little confusing. There's only two kind of areas that come prepackaged with the bell, and those aren't yeah. relatively later on. I mean, I, I I enjoy the PvP of Bloodborne, but the my problem with it is the lack of build variety. Like it doesn't. Yeah feel very different from character to character and like I, I, I think Vader you were talking the other day that you had like something like six or seven characters in Dark Souls 1 at one time that you were all doing different stuff and I was yep. I think that was on the last episode yep. and like I literally had the Xbox 360 hard drive I had a save with all of the slots full on a <laughs> USB drive with all of wow. the slots full all with different <laughs> characters at different places doing different stuff like it's just I don't know but Bloodborne has nothing like like it's no. everything feels the same unfortunately I, I, I have think, to say it's a bad game it's one of my favorite games of all time I think yeah, yeah it, it, it is an amazing game but you are right the build variety because doing the arcane stuff just kind of doesn't really pay off it's not really worth it I don't think whether you're going it, it's better to go strength decks down that route but albeit decks arcane's quite good with the obviously the blades of mercy and uh, the other one bloody hell uh, the scythe that you get oh, from yes. uh, burial blade, yeah, yeah, that's it. The burial blade, yeah, because they, they they scale with arcane as well, didn't they? As well as um, they are, do they do scale with arcane? Didn't they? I'm sure they do. Lugwig's blade yeah. is that arcane as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, well, it's got a it's got a, a scaling in arcane, but that's only if you okay. uh, uh, gem yep. it. Yeah, if you turn it into like a fire or, or or a magic blade or whatever, then you get that amazing scaling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my my experience with an arcane build was because I started Bloodborne thinking, okay, skill is basically dex, arcane is magic, and I kind of like doing fast weapons with you know a little bit of magic to back me up, whether it's mm. offense and, and magic as opposed to faith. It's always which I kind of associated with Blood Tinge has always been more offensive in, dark, in the Dark Souls games. So I went skill arcane, and man, it just it was okay. <laughs> But it wasn't mm-hmm. what I was looking for when I started over as a strength and blood tinge build. I had a lot more fun with the game. Yeah. But then after that, I was like, what do I do now? Yeah, you're right. Like, I'm, yeah. I don't yeah. really need to do anything anymore, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think the focus was for this game is to make a... It is slightly more storyline-driven, even though it's still quite vague. It, it, to me, it feels a lot more storyline-driven compared to this, the Souls games. And I think, yeah, I think they wanted to actually tell a story in a different way and so I think that's part of the reason why they haven't focused too too much on the other other aspects and I have heard that Miyazaki's not a huge fan of PvP um, 
so yeah, I think they just want to try something different. I've heard that as well, and I, I, it seems really weird that he wouldn't. Or it seems really weird to me when they're when like the first three games in that series are they have so much that's specifically related to PvP. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no reason for this for the chameleon spell to exist except for trolling people. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, there's... Yeah, if, no, you're right. If you walk up to somebody pretending to be a pot, like, if you walk up to an enemy, they're just going to hit you. Yeah, yeah. That's specifically for players. So, somebody in that group, I don't know who it is, like, I wish I could find their name and shake their hand. So, like, yes, yes, please put more PvP stuff in these games. This is what I'm here for. Yeah, I, to be honest, I honestly think that, yeah, Bloodborne was meant to be a, a PvE game, but they yeah. put stuff in just because it was ex- ex- expected from the community. Um, and so... He, I, I, could tell, I could totally see uh, that. And so it's put yeah, yeah, a bit of what yeah. they needed to. <laughs> it, it's funny, actually, because I, obviously I played through that game and I don't... I think I got invaded once the entire first sort of playthrough of the game. Like, literally one invasion. And that was it. And that's all I saw. Yeah, I... So it's it's quite quiet. Yeah, I've only had a few. Hey, Jeremy, I got a question yeah. for you. What are your thoughts on Shoot. the the hate? Your your obviously Dark Souls haters is your thing. Um, people sending hate mail. What are your thoughts about the people who try to get people to send them hate mail? How so do you this, view that? This is always a weird thing to me. Um, <laughs> it, it's 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 always been kind of weird. Like, because the reason I started the site originally is because I was just playing a magic build and I didn't. I wasn't plugged into the community that much. Like I was, I read something awful thread, and that was basically that was, that was my community. Um, I didn't know that magic was, or excuse me, I didn't know that magic was for bitches until <laughs> some twelve-year-old told me on the three sixty. Um, I didn't know that I was a try-hard casual until some twelve-year-old told me I was on the three sixty. Told me I was on the. 360. <laughs> uh, so I never really went out of my way to get that stuff. I just started receiving yep. it, and I thought it was funny. Like I, I never really played online games before, so like I wasn't had never been exposed to that. Um, and then. Yeah, as I started the site, I started seeing people like, yeah, I'm going to make this build. And I've seen popular YouTubers like, I'm going to make this build, and it's my hate mail build. I'm going to piss people off, and I'm going to you know, get them riled up. And I'm like, eh, that's not... To me, that's... Just as bad? There's a, there's a very subtle difference between trolling people and pissing them off specifically. Yep. And if, the, if they just get mad at a video game because you're both playing a video game, then that makes them terrible people. If they get mad because you are specifically doing things to... And even then, like there's a there's a weird line that I, I don't I don't like to cross myself. Um, I, I I don't like, for instance, let's say this: I don't like it when people send me hate mail and they say, "Well, I sent this dude a thing that's, and I called him a I called him a retard and he called me a you know a fag." I'm like, "Well, dude, I'm not going to put that on my site." Like both of you are idiots at that point. Like, I'm not interested in, like I'll put the hate mail that get him to send me the hate mail you sent, and I'll make it a pair of posts and I'll call you both idiots. That that's what I'll do, but. I don't like people trying to get hate mail, and unfortunately, that's one of the side effects of the site. Um, is to want to get on there, people have. Tr- yeah, well, I don't. I don't even know that they want to get on there, but they get it kind of a thrill for having the hate mail. Like I may have popularized it too. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, that's what I but, thought your position would like, be. I, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't. I don't go out of my way to try to collect hate mail, um, but I'll try to troll people and to. And not necessarily getting mad. Hopefully, it makes them laugh. But like that whole Fat Tarkus video series I did, right? In Dark Souls One, I just <laughs> had a huge shield and would just you know keep people in, at the top of Sin's Fortress and not let them proceed. I wouldn't kill them. I would just keep them there for like four <laughs> minutes at a time. 
you know, and I would get hate mail from that, and that was great hate mail. Like that's uh, that's good stuff. Like that's someone that's so frustrated that they're just sending you a message, like, please, dude, I, you're such an idiot. Let me get past this part. Um, but I don't know. Like I've seen videos where dudes are like, I'm gonna put on, you know, I'm gonna make this 2,000 HP build, and it's gonna have the falchion with the you know dark moon blade, and I'm just gonna go in R1 spam in the forest and see what I can get. And I'm like, well, that that doesn't seem fun to do. And if your whole point is getting hate mail, like, I don't understand. That's not, that's not a game to me. Uh, like, at yep. that point, why are you playing the game? So, mm. Yeah. That was probably an overly long explanation. Yeah, I completely agree that yeah, there's nothing wrong with having fun. And, and some of the, the things that people come up with are really quirky ideas to kind of get somebody to, to trap them or surprise them. Um, like, there's, there's some crazy stuff people are doing. Like, there's the barrel one I've seen people do of... They've had three people turn into barrels and like move around, and you got to find them. The the, the person who's invaded has yes. got to guess <laughs> guess who the who the host is. Um, um, and that, that's awesome. I mean, that's what's so great about the Souls games that there is that that creativity. But yeah, if you're just trying to purposely trying to just to make people angry, it's, you're just as bad. I think sometimes. <laughs> as if you're getting, um, I've definitely, I've I've gotten. I, I've, I've gotten bit by the bug where like you get so mad at somebody you're like just like stop invading me or you send something I mean stop invading me is kind of dumb but like you'll send a message like dude I don't want to fight you anymore like this, I'm going to move somewhere else or something like that um, so I have succumbed to like sending people trash talk messages and things like that but as I've as I've let the site grow and grow and grow like I just kind of eventually totally stopped sending messages to anybody unless they were positive (laughs) I just feel like I should give something back now that I put all this garbage on the internet for people to see in one spot Um, so if I'm playing Dark Souls 2 in the arena or something I'm like hey man good fight and then you know I try to engender that positivity but yeah, exactly. That's, You're like, hey man, good fight. And they're like, fuck you. Exactly. You get the, you go, fuck you, dude. And I'm like, dude, I was just being nice. I wasn't, I wasn't sarcastic. Yeah. That's, that's dumb. Yeah. I, I've only really had, uh, I've had one bad experience with someone sending me a message. And then generally it's people kind of giving tips or suggesting like builds or things like that. Um, we've had some pretty cool encounters with some people on the PlayStation 3 with Dark Souls 2 and 1. The most frustrating one. Uh, I, yeah. You, I mean, sorry. Okay, yeah, the most frustrating fight I had in Dark Souls 2 was on the bridge in um, the lava um, level. Um, Iron Keep. Iron Keep. Yeah. Um, this guy was just dark magic on the bridge. And because of the, the slope, it was, it was really hard to read and to, to dodge. And with a like, little bit of lag. And I was trying to farm for my, I think it was the dragon scales to live up that covenant. Mm-hmm. And it's just constantly, this guy was just every time, it was like, I fought him like 10 times and he would just spam the black magic mm-hmm. and it's like how's this fun <laughs> I don't get mad like he's doing his thing he's probably farming himself so it's like yeah whatever but uh, yeah so I just ended up changing location went to um, Hyde's Tower I think but yeah other than that never really had too many bad experiences yeah, with cool. online mm-hmm. I've had a lot of really positive experiences yeah. with people like um, even, even invading like I used to invade in New Orlando all the time You'd invade some poor soul, and they're on their way down, and you'd kill them. Or you wouldn't even get to them, and then they would just fall off a ledge and <laughs> die. And, uh, like, I can't tell you how many times people would send me a message back, like, hey, what, what level are you? Can you help me on the four keys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you're here, you're obviously wanting to play Dark Souls. Like, please come help me kill this boss. So. Yeah, I've, I've invaded someone, <laughs> no, and then cool. gone and helped them kill the boss. Like, I've killed them, and then gone and helped them kill the boss straight away. <laughs> like, in the next... Yeah. 
and I like how that works. That, that's that's cool though. That that's that's cool. I like the way that that works. Like you could invade someone and go bosh bosh, and then actually I'll come and help you do this area now because uh, that, that's that's cool when that happens. I think that's yeah. Because well, it should be about the love of the game and the fun of the game. Um, yeah, and that's what it, that's what's for me. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of uh, online stuff, I know you seen it, Vader. Are you are you interested in Metal Gear at all, Jeremy? I know you guys are fans, and I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. This is two strikes. Final Fantasy and Metal Gear. I'm, I have bounced off of every single Metal Gear game. I really? Bought, um, Twin Stakes for the GameCube bounced off. Um, when I traded my Wii for a PS3, the guy gave me a copy of MGS4, and I bounced right off of it. And then, being egged on by some friends, I bought the. Um, HD collection that's on 360. Yep. Which yeah. I think it's like two and three and one other one. Um, and I Peace bounced Walker. off, bounced off, bounced off. <laughs> yeah, it's two, three. And, Peace uh, Walker, yeah. I love watching the trailers. I love hearing people talk about it because it's such a crazy, weird thing. But I, I've never actually completed one of the games. Just watch the YouTube oh, the videos universe. of all the cutscenes. Yeah. That's kind of what I've, I've been. I've been kind of thinking about doing it that way. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one of the giant bomb, guy, bomb guys is actually playing through all of the games in order. So I've been kind of thinking about uh, watching those videos, but I think they're behind their paywall, so I haven't had a chance yet. That, that's, that's a big undertaking. <laughs> yeah, seems like it would take up a lot of time. They've been doing it yeah. for months now. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah that's... Uh, but no, the, the, yeah, they basically uh, put a video out that Vader sent me today of... Um, then their new well part of their online play not Metal Gear Online but the part of their uh, their base invasion invasions again that that's what led me onto this because it's 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 all about invasions but I yeah I, I thought it looked pretty pretty cool I like the whole idea of the um uh, FOB invasions and the way it's set up what what was your sort of views on it Vader um, well because yeah, I started with it before the invasions it just kind of goes into the base management and so I was kind of like yeah I don't know if I want to micromanage a base I kind of want to just go be sneaky and take out some dudes but you don't have, that, that's the thing I, I that was the thing that they pointed out that's really really awesome they made a point of that if you don't want to micromanage your base no. you can hand it over to yeah. Miller and he does everything yeah. for you and so yeah and that was yeah. cool but it, the base is massive I don't know if you've seen this Jeremy you can actually make your base so big you need a car to drive around it yeah. or a helicopter yeah I watched this whole video today before the oh, you, did. Yeah. You, you can also post yourself yeah, that was you can cool. put yourself in a box and post so yourself cool. to the yeah. other side of the yeah. base <laughs> it was, I mean it was hilarious like the, the I really I really uh, thought this was a cool mode for any game like I thought that the environment, like I thought what you were building looked kind of bland, but I kind of like the concept of all the stuff that mm. you could do. Like I like building a base and I like having that base affect my gameplay. Yep. So like once you build the thing and then all of a sudden you can change the weather in a level, like when they blew in that sandstorm and it covered everything. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I was like, fucking hey, this looks rad. Mm. Yeah. So, and so yeah, all, all of this stuff looked great. I think there's a lot of options for, as you say, for the invasions as well. Like like you would in Dark Souls with builds and stuff, the, the way you can set out your base with the the traps and all that sort of thing. You can really customize that base ready for ready for some sort of invasions. But also on the other foot, you can really really sort of trick the opposite player into thinking where you are. And well, the player I think stats. there's a lot of scope there. Yeah, because there's, you don't yeah. have just one character. You actually have like a whole army of um, characters you could choose from with different stats yeah because you can choose from yeah you can choose from basically obviously everyone that you fought and fought and out from the game itself 
which which is pretty so cool. It'd be like playing Dark Souls and be able to switch out with any of your characters on the fly, <laughs> rather than having to load yeah. up your game. Yeah, that's basically yeah. Yeah, um, so I did like pretty, the look pretty of it. awesome. The other thing that really I thought was hilarious mm. in it is the stinko meter that's built into the game. That <laughs> the stinko meter is just the funniest <laughs> thing, and he's walking through, and everyone's like, "Oh, Stay. you stink!" Oh, back oh, away, you stink. <laughs> and that's that's uh, one thing I um, attracts me to these games is I love that as Jeremy you mentioned that you haven't got you've bounced off the games, but the story intrigues you and the the whole idea is that there's a, there's this very serious toned story like you've got uh, child soldier themes you've got milita- ultra serious militarization yeah. of nations and corporations and then you've got you've got to go have a shower <laughs> so your character doesn't stink because <laughs> you stink yeah um, <laughs> but they have such silly quirks in the games alongside yeah. i think it's good though because it balances out the darkness of what he's showing you and then you get these silly tropes and it kind of balances it out because i think if they had just too much d- dark you'd be like you get depressed you'd just be like oh yeah, yeah. It would, I think, it would be too heavy, and it it does lighten the mood, and I I like that stuff that's in there. It's always like putting down porn magazines to distract enemies and stuff, and they're like, ooh, they <laughs> pick it out, and they're like looking at the porn, you can yeah. strangle them to death yeah. while they're checking porn out. <laughs> I saw like the, the boxes. I love how they've taken the box concept, which has just been a silly little thing from the beginning, but they've kind of evolved it. And I don't know if you've seen the footage, but you can actually yeah. power slide down a hill inside a box like a bobsled inside a box, <laughs> yeah, and then you. Flip and you can start running with a box on your head and then go back into like a like cool down like a turtle and it covers you it's just yeah I love that uh, um, it's super serious but so silly at the same time um, so Jeremy this oh, might be the one to get the decoy box I thought was the decoy box yeah that's new as well like the one that was filled with smoke and he was just like oh that. yeah yeah that was cool I, I gotta yeah. tell you somebody that never played has never finished any MGS games and would have told you yesterday like no nah, it like I know it's a big release, but I'm I'm not I'm just gonna ignore MGS five. I went ahead and put it on my GameFly queue just to be like, okay, well I'm gonna try it for this one game. Nice. <laughs> maybe this will be the game and that'll get me in, maybe this will be my bloodborne and I'll work backwards from here. <laughs> the thing is this one is gonna be completely different to all the others. It it really is even uh, did you play Grand Zeros, Jeremy, at all? No, that's that's a game that um like I picked it up on my PS Plus membership, but I haven't. I don't even think I've downloaded it on the PS4. Yeah, it, it plays completely different to all the others. It, it yeah, it's. I don't know. It made it a lot smoother. It's, it's hard to explain. It made it a lot smoother because you'd probably, part of the reason you probably bounced off. The controls are very clunky in the old Metal Gears. Was that one of the things that put you off, Jeremy? The controls. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember struggling. I remember wanting. I remember being in. I think it was the beginning of three. I was on like the woods or something, and I had to sneak past some dudes. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I know what I'm trying to do. I just can't make the dude on the screen. Yeah. Do what you, you go down to the lie down, and you. Crawl I can backwards. only. <laughs> and I, I can only do that so many times. Like I can only encounter that before I'm like, ah, screw it. I'll just go play something yeah. else. I, or probably more accurately, screw it. I'm just gonna go play more Dark yeah. Souls. <laughs> what yeah. say. oh, saying that though, a guy I work with uh, fingers blank he was the same he's never really been into um, Metal Gear at all and he, he he tried Ground Zeroes and he was like wow I can actually 
play it how I want now. I don't have to do stealth because he's, he's not a stealth man. And he just he basically completed the mission just by blowing all the shit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's good that it's given it people the option to play it how they want to play it now rather than being told how to play it, which is quite yeah, cool. It's a lot smoother as well. Like, like the, the way he moves. Yeah. Um, even the CQC actually works. Um, <laughs> actually works in... in ground zeros and so I'm, I'm expecting to have smoothed it out even more and made it a lot more accessible controller wise um, in Metal Gear Solid 5 see I'm pretty excited about it yes me too yeah. but I, 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 I think anything Kojima gave me I'd, I'd probably eat it up I'm pretty bad that way yeah well that yeah. that's Kojima we've also talk, um, put down about the his name being removed from the cases of the games now. Yeah, well, this this whole debacle has been going on for a long time now. They sort of took took his name off a lot of the stuff and put it back on and moved it about, and now it's definitely off of all the Phantom Pain gear. And then I obviously I sent put, posted this article on the notes, but an article came out from a guy that basically worked at the company, and it it looks pretty fucking horrible. Some of the stuff that's going on over there. At Konami, it's yeah, it doesn't seem very nice. I don't know. Did 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 you uh, look at the article at all, Jeremy? Did you see that article that I posted? I did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I read through that and was just like, I can't imagine trying to work in that environment, like where they're they're cutting off your communication to the outside world. If you screw up, they're gonna put you on what was it like security Je- guard? Janitor. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, 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 was yeah it was like at the bottom there was a guy. Yeah. uh one of the senior producers from game development was sent to work in the pachinko slot factory and it, he ended up with like severe depression because he was this developer and now he's working making fucking pachinko, pachinko machines. machines yeah that's I mean I, I hate horrific. that I laugh like it's just pachinko is a funny word for some reason but like, that's, <laughs> that's really terrible to do to your employees like how it's do you expect awful. anybody to want to work in a creative environment and, um, it's, it's amazing they made yeah, that game out like it's amazing that Metal Gear Solid is as good as mm. it is with that kind of a hostile environment. Yeah. Well, you could see with the, just with the personality that Kojima has, like, you could probably see him existing as a ecosystem in and of itself within that environment and not letting some of that bleed into his stuff. As soon as it started becoming oppressive, he was like, okay, I'm out. And that's probably what a lot of this... I think, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think before he, he had to go media black... Basically, because they've that he's been told to go media black, as and he can't do interviews or anything. Before that, he made a point of saying that he's really committed to making sure he makes the best game for us, because he obviously saw this coming. So, well, he's even kind of in Ground Zeroes. I don't know if you know about that, Vader. Yes. Have you have you seen this at all? He, but Jeremy, I don't know if you saw it. He basically there was a mission. Uh, was it? I can't remember if it was in the Deja Vu lot or was it a side quest I can't remember but basically one of the missions they had logos of the fox and names of the game's developers and stuff and you basically had to go around and erase all these names and all these logos and then at the end it, it, it basically came up at the end of the mission uh, gone but never forgotten just in text at the bottom it had nothing to do with the game whatsoever but that was just in there and it kind of seemed like it was a bit of foreshadowing and telling people what was going on with from within the game Ground Zeroes yeah. came out what a good year before this all came to light yeah yeah 
And obviously everyone thought he was just silly, but now you, you put that alongside with what's yeah, going on. it seems on. very much the case. That's uh, Kojima's little way of yeah. telling the world that he he's not happy. Telling the world what's going on. Mm. And, and you know the fact that a company like Konami would release that and not have a problem with that probably tells you that they weren't really looking at this game very yeah. hard. No. Like the fact that they never twigged that it was even in there like tells me like okay just just release it we're gonna put our name on it we're gonna and we're gonna put it out there and he was like yeah yeah I know how this works that's why I put you know a middle finger at the end of it for you. Yeah, I think it, he even made a point of saying that he in no uncertain words that he wasn't happy that this got put out at a cost it was supposed to have basically been oh, really? a little add-on yeah it, i can't remember what interview it wasn't in no uncertain words you kind of have to read between the lines but you get that with kojima you kind yeah. of when he's in interviews he puts a lot of stuff in interviews that in secret code shall we say but he basically it was the way he put it is that it was supposed to be part of phantom pain but like as a prologue basically yeah as part of the game yeah but then I think by looking yeah by looking at this they're they're been so obsessed with sort of the money side of things and how much the game was costing to make and they they basically went right we want to make some more money back before this comes out so we're chopping this bit off and we're going to basically charge for it and he wasn't very happy with that either so yeah, well, the budget for MGS Five is what, like eighty million dollars yeah. now? Isn't that the number that I heard on some yeah, podcast? Like that's, about that. I don't know. I don't really know game development that well, but that is a lot of money if you're a pachinko company, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. The main business nowadays is pachinko machines. That's a lot of money for a crazy game about Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> what well, is? But, the, but yeah, that's still really small. They're actually gone. a huge company. It's probably chump change to them. But yeah, they. They're not a game yeah. developing company, so they don't they don't understand necessarily what it means. To the the, game. This is the problem. It, 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 over our side of the world, we all see it as Konami, the game developer, because we don't see the other yeah, side of exactly. things. Over there, their pachinko machines are huge. They earn so much money from them, and they 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 they, they make bottled water and they sell all kinds of crazy shit. They're a huge company in Japan, and th- their gaming division is like bottom of the run, pretty much. And they did like a few mobile games and earned a lot of money from that. And that's when they started thinking, "Oh, I'll, hold on, we'd rather concentrate on that. Screw the AAA bollocks. We're getting rid of that." And then started making people janitors and sweeping up shit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah, it's I just, not understanding it's, that the uh, gaming yeah. is an art form. Um, and that's what Kojima is all about. He's he's a, he's a game developer who sees games not as a money making thing, but as an art form. And that's why he's in it. And that's what he does. Yeah. That's why his games are so. A scary. lot, a lot, a lot of people have said though that the CEO seems to be kind of losing the plot, really, a little bit. It, that's the way it seems like everyone from internally have done sort of interviews who obviously didn't want to be named have basically said the CEO is going a bit mental. <laughs> <laughs> Just losing the plot a little bit, which is yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's a shame, really, but I'm sure he'll uh, he'll find his feet and go on to do more great things. He he won't just disappear. That's that's for fucking damn certain. The problem with a creative type like that is you 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 get scared that he's going to go form his own studio and then literally never release anything again because he just he, he has so many ideas and he never actually finishes it. And he doesn't have like that corporate overlord saying no 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 you gotta you gotta put this game out like wrap it up. 
All right, uh, yeah, we've talked a lot about Souls and stuff, and one of the key things in Souls games is the NPCs, and the thing that me and um, Death have talked about implementing is talking about uh, our favourite NPCs in each episode, and so we thought with Jeremy, you being here, you could start us off with discussing or telling us what your favourite NPC in a game is. Um, yeah. Do you have a favourite? So, is this specifically Souls? Um, games, right? Or it could be any game, but uh, we're... We tend to, okay. we all tend to. Uh, I'm going to go Souls yeah. because. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> um, I really, really, and he doesn't do much, um, but what he he's very effective at what he does do. In Dark Souls 1, there's an NPC called Oswald of Kareem. Ah, yes. And uh, mm. you, enca- you encounter him, um, You if you defeated the two bell gargoyles, um, you go up and you ring the bell and you're kind of, that's your first really big Dark Souls boss fight like the Taurus demon was one thing but like you get to those those gargoyles and like it's it's a huge epic fight the second one surprises the hell out of you like you're on a on, on a roof like it's crazy you can see everywhere you can see where you've been for the last 30 you know probably 30 hours it took you to get there and um but you crawl up this tall ladder ring a bell and like you're exuberant like you're super excited and um you crawl down the ladder and you're like okay I'm gonna go I'm going to go back to Firelink Shrine. I'm going to go back to my bonfire and I'm going to spin these souls. Like you're, you're kind of excited. And then you encounter this NPC with his arms splayed and what everyone now that's probably listening knows is the, well, what is it gesture? <laughs> his <laughs> arms are just far, as far out. And there's that moment of um, like absurdity. It's almost like a David Lynch movie. Like you're like, what the hell is that? Like you, and if you're anything like me, like your shield instantly yep. went up. <laughs> is he hostile? <laughs> and you were, you were <laughs> exactly, you were, and you're pounding the R3 button to see if you could target the guy to see if he's an enemy. And then you still don't trust it when he's not. You're like, okay, can I kill him? Can I kill him? Um, and I just, after that, like, after that, and then his whole voice and his attitude and, you know, it's only human to sin and all that stuff. <laughs> and, of course, he sells my favorite spell in the game, which is Karmic Justice, which I've devoted a entirely too many YouTube videos to exploring and screwing around with. So. I've never really used that one much. That would be probably my favorite. Yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. And like, I, I think I was yeah, the same as you, completely shocked to find him there because he isn't there when you first go into the room. He's only there when you come back down. Um, and yeah, it, it gave me a fright. Um, and what's interesting is you get it given a homeward bone at the top of the tower. So I wonder how many people missed him their first time through because they're just like, oh, I'll use the homeward bone mm. and not bother... Well, the Homeward Bone, um, and I only know this because I'm a dark, complete Dark Souls nerd, but uh, you didn't get that in the original version of the game. That came later in the uh, Maybe that's why I found him. Uh, okay. Yeah, so as they as they patched the game, like um, they steadily added more humanity and uh, more souls as rewards for the bosses. Like before, you barely got any um, liquid humanity to use. Yes, They started yeah. kind of giving it to you with the boss fights. Yeah, I didn't know that was a, a new patch um, editive, whereas, yeah, I finished a game before most of the patches were changed, before the game got um, made easier. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mentioned I just bought the um, a unpatched disc because um, I don't have... All of the versions I have are either digital or uh, pre-patched. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back through and um, if my PS3 cooperates, I want to do a let's play on the original, you know, 1.00 patch. Nice. So I, I so technically I could do that because I've got an original unpatched UK game, but obviously I plugged it into the internet and it patched up. So technically I could uninstall it. Yeah, you could and uninstall unplug it from the play, internet yeah. and try it at, at, at core as it was. Harder. That'd be interesting. I might and do its that. Original release was quite hard. Harder. 
<laughs> if I remember right. Yeah, not uh, a lot of souls, not a lot of humanity. Yeah. Wow. Um, cursing, cursing stacked. Yes. So, um, oh. in, the, in the current version, what? you lose half your health, and if you get cursed again, it's no big deal. And the original mm, version, quarter. if you lost half your health, then you lost a second half. And no a third. Yeah, like it kept it kept whittling you down until you got to like an eighth of your life. So. Ouch. Yeah. That's not good. And I don't <laughs> think that the female merchants sold the... Uh, uh, and the no, purging stones. Uh, the purging stones, either. I think you had to go to New Londo and find Home Dude at the top of the tower. Or Oswald, I think, was one. He does, Doesn't he sell one? Or is that in the patch as well? He might. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Oswald I sold at Persian Stone G. He sold them for like 8,000 souls, oh, yeah, I think he sold them for. expensive because in the patch it got them brought down mm. in price. Um, they yeah. used to be way more expensive. I, I, you saying that, that uh, Oswald, I love the voice actor for that dude. I think he's so good. The, the voice acting spectacular for that character. <laughs> he's so awesome this, I want to say he was in Dark Souls 2 as well a, a, a similar kind of character yeah he yeah. was was the it? Same, this is the same voice actor I was thinking was in there yeah. oh okay I'm not sure about the voice actor but definitely a similar character who um, purges your sin for you it's on the way to Brightstone Cove Right oh yeah, I think Actually, I know. You mean yeah? Oh yeah, yeah. The guy mm. on top of the on the top of the church, church with all the weird spiders on the wall. Yeah, um, you climb up there and yeah. see yeah, very similar kind of character, that kind of priest-looking get up. Um, yeah, no, I know you mean. I can't remember his name though. It was actually interesting. I mean, um, keeping up with Epic Name Bros' recent playthrough of Dark Souls One, and he's kind of just going in depth about characters and he's going in finding all the kind of hidden dialogue that you have to trigger doing specific things um, and there's an interesting Oswald has a dialogue that relates to um, Petrus and his sin about uh, betraying the, the yeah. princess mm-hmm. and it's quite interesting and then Cause he, sorry yep I was, he mentions like something like um, about that guy because he had to pay a lot of money to pay for his sins or something like it's something really cool yeah like and mm. and Oswald alludes to the fact that um, he know it kind of it implies that he knows people's sin and and, and epic name bro kind of or Marcus um, put the question out there you know does he know because he just knows everyone's sin or does he know because Petrus came to him and confessed his sin but he's not that worried about <laughs> um, privacy, and so he's willing to just uh, disclose this to everybody who comes and talks to him. <laughs> disclose it to that, yeah. Um, and it was interesting because there were different thoughts, you know, is, is Oswald actually does ha- does he have, as a priest of Valka, is, does he have kind of a, um all-seeing knowledge of sin? Um, the theory I kind of actually popped in my head when I was listening to the, the, um, him discuss it was that, I don't know if it's actually canon or law that the 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 bird the crow that the giant crow that carries you has been associated with Valka um my thoughts were and the crow sits at Firelink Shrine and has a, a perfect view of all the comings and goings of all the of the undead including Petrus I wonder if the crow is able to pass on those messages of people's sin or their deeds and that's how Oswald has the ability to know sin it's not that he knows himself and it's just an illusion of of grandeur or power but it's actually just that the crow's kind of passing on that information 
It's, it's a weird theory. It's yeah, just it's quite. It's, yeah, it's, it's weird, but an interesting, an interesting theory. Definitely, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a kind of scheme that kind of the Dark Souls have done a lot, and some a lot of the NPCs is that there's this illusion of power, or illusion of of grandeur, and it's kind of the kind of the way the light kind of play on that idea. They kind of show how powerful they are, and people kind of worship and believe what they tell them, but. And behind the scenes, it's actually kind of yeah. a bit mischievous what they're up to, and it's, I kind of can see the same with Oswald. He kind of gives the illusion that he's he has this ability to see sin or know sin, but really he's got kind of a, a spy for him. But yeah, just an idea I had. <laughs> no, it's a, I, that's quite a cool thought. I think that's the way it's well, most most characters in those games they they're never what they seem. I've I've come to uh, come to find that. They may seem one way, but they're they a lot of characters are hired in a lot of yeah. stuff. I think in them games, and I think that's what what leads on to some of the lore being so fantastic because it it, it leaves so much room for speculation and for you to figure out. That's just, it just keeps everyone talking, and I think that's a fantastic way of doing sure. it. I think and Jeremy is a good choice in mm. uh, NPCs. <laughs> he's a good he's a well, thank you, man. He's a good one. He's a, he's a lot of mystery behind him, and I think that's what makes him so interesting. Yeah. Same here. I, I like him. And, and again, I, I like that whole concept of the Velka. And it's not very well explored in the game, but there's a lot of lore you can kind of draw from it. And, um, that whole karmic justice spell, I, I, I spent hundreds <laughs> of hours doing nothing but trolling people with that. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like I, I kind of got into it. That, that's one I never really played with. That's the, that's a spell that once you take damage, it, it reinflicts it back on the your opponent. Is that right? Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. It, basically, that's right. Um, I've actually got my most popular YouTube video is actually an intro to Karmic Justice I did probably two years ago. Um, so it's very amateurish in production, but it will it goes through all the explanation. But um, yeah, you have to be hit. You have to take damage five times, um, and usually that's with a physical strike. Poisoning doesn't work. Toxic doesn't work. Um, it's impossible to do five. Um, five. It's, it's impossible to be damaged five times from falling damage. Um, but I had a guy go through that illusory wall guy. He actually tried to inflict falling damage on a character, and it still didn't trigger. So it has to be physical damage. Um, they hit you five times, and you kind of explode in a wrath yep. of God. Explosion. I actually think I've except it's yeah. purple. I think I've seen you that video, but I before I knew who you were, because how you described it was exactly oh. how I remember it being explained to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, I'm nothing if not consistent. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's awesome. all kinds of weird tricks you can do. Like if you you can increase the damage of it quite a bit. I got it up to doing. That's right. Yep. If you combine all of the factors, you could get it. Up to, I've seen it hit like for 1,700 damage. Nice. Um, and it. Wow. And it that usually will one shot a character. Um, so it was a lot of fun to take, go into the forest where there's these ganking squads, and they all just try to beat up on you. And then as soon as they get that fifth hit, you explode and you kill every single one of them. And you may <laughs> die, but you still get all the souls. And of course, they die and have to resummon everybody again. So it's a lot of fun. Like I had, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll link you guys my favorite video that I've ever, nice. I've ever made because it's it was literally my favorite thing. In the, uh, we'll put it in the show notes. No, for. Cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll put that in the show notes, definitely. Yeah, sounds <sighs> good. 
Yeah, that's, it's, it, there are some cool little spells in uh, Dark Souls. Like, even um, Power Within is one that, to be honest, I didn't see it used too much. But yeah, it's just another sneaky little spell that you can just can wreck people's day with it. You can just unleash huge amounts of damage um, if you're quick. Oh, that was that was so much fun. Like, you would do Power Within, and then you would do all of your sorcery boosted yeah. items. And then, I mean, you could... Like, Dark Bead would do, like, 2,700 damage or something if you hit him with all five orbs. It's insane. It's, like, it's crazy. But it's so much fun. Like, it's 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 so much fun to do Well, that see, that, that's the stuff that I really like about Final Fantasy VII. It's materia. It's you're stacking these abilities, and it's being creative. It might it may not have been intended to be that way, but with uh, ingenuity and creativity, you can stack these spells and just... And yeah, and that's what I like about the materia system in Final Fantasy VII, and what I like about Dark Souls is that you can stack these things, and you can be like just have fun with it, um, and just try new things. And yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's no, cool. I like, I, I like that kind of thing. Like just being able to, as you say, just being creative with how you do things, and you're not limited. You could, you've got so many options of how you can play the game. And that's yeah, that's. Yeah, it's just great for me. I think that's one of the things that's drawn me in, really. It's just been able to do what I want, really. It's, yeah. It's, I'm so I'm so sad for you that you're not playing online, definitely. Like, uh, man, I just... I, I mean, know. I even looked around. I had some game cases that I had bought games <laughs> for, and I was like, man, I'm sure I have a three-day pass somewhere here that I can just, like, a three-day code that I can give him and he could just take away. But no, I didn't have one, so... Yeah, so this, it's, it's a fun part of the game. Yeah, it's a shame that obviously, because obviously, I that's not my Xbox, so I've I've borrowed it off a of pound. I didn't, yeah, as I said, I didn't really want to particularly pay for gold. Oh, I don't blame and, you. And I'm just yeah, yeah. It's a shame, really, like that you have to pay for them services. It it kind of sucks because people like me will miss out on things like that. But I suppose that's just the way it is. They've got to keep their services up somehow, haven't they? Because they haven't got much money as it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Microsoft. Poor, poor, poor Microsoft. They spent on Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> they, they paid so much money for that. But I'm sure they'll make that back quite easily when it comes to Minecraft. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so... We're rolling into the end of the show for everyone that's listening, and yes, thank you for uh, tuning in. We've got a uh, one, I say, one question, and then we'll we'll uh, roll in to the end. Um, did you uh, want to read that last question, Jeremy? Sure. The the very last one. Um, that's two friendly partners question. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. The question we have from Two Friendly's partner is, is there a podcast or discussion group for Soulsborn Widows? Um, and I'm guessing Soulsborn Widows are the poor wives and girlfriends that have to sit on the couch while we devote hours and hours of our day to Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Um, yes. I don't know of a specific group for this. Do you guys know of anything? No, I don't, but we probably need to start one, because we're all married, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I know, obviously, me and you, Vader, have uh, obviously married a kid. Jeremy, do you have any children, or is it just the wife? Just the wife and the, and and the, the two dogs. dogs and a horse and chickens and all that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, have a, we have a pretty good schedule. Like, my wife rides horses, so um, on the weekends, she wakes up and she'll go to the barn to try to beat the heat to ride a horse. And uh, 
So I'll wake up early Saturday morning and I'll sit around playing video games all day until she gets home and then we'll go out to lunch. <laughs> and that's like mm. a good Saturday and Sunday morning for us. So our hobbies don't overlap as much as I think some people's do. So That's good. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's kind of in that I, I, I've got this small window of an evening when I get home from work. I spend a few hours, a couple of hours with my son before he goes to bed. He goes to bed at about half seven, eight. I have dinner and then I get the rest of the evening to myself for computer wires and then yeah that's only like monday or wednesday and then i spend sort of thursday friday with the wife so i still i still have time with, with her but she definitely feels widowed <laughs> to to uh to these games but she certainly hears from me because i'm at the end of the sofa swearing and she's always telling me off for swearing at the computer <laughs> Yeah, uh, man, she's never heard so much swearing when I was trying to fight Ornstein and Smo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was just like, "You bib, 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 you bibbing bib." She was like, "Really? <laughs> Please shut up." Just say, just say, no, you give it a go." <laughs> <laughs> she, she did, never ever played computer games in her life. Really, she played the Soul Blade. That was about it. That's only because she could mash the buttons. <laughs> Yeah, it works. Yeah, I, I guess I'm quite lucky. My wife's quite supportive of my gaming gaming hobbies, but I've kind of incorporated time with the kids. Um, me and my son have started a YouTube channel together, so we play games and record uh, gameplay. And so it kind of kills two birds with one stone, and he really enjoys it. And yeah, I enjoy no, that's, his time that's with cool. Um, we yeah, have I a that's project. a lot of fun, being able to do that with a kid. Yeah, yeah we're kind yeah. of trying to... Um, I want to be able to teach him some of the, the things I'm learning. Like like video editing and Photoshop that I'm trying to and I'm having to learn them, <laughs> but when it, as he gets older, I'm gonna pass those on to him and he'll probably out out pass me pretty quickly. Um, oh yeah, how old is your son? He's five. Oh yeah, you got about two years and he's gonna be yeah. a Photoshop guy. Then you will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you better get on it quick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, so it's it's really my good. wife games with me quite a bit. Um, like we played Diablo three together. Um, like she's. She's platinumed Diablo three uh, oh, cool. on PS4 with me. Yeah, like she's got all the classes up to level seventy, and um, so we we find games that we play together. Normally, co-op games that's not uh, competitive at all because just from the nature of me playing games so much, I just reflexes aren't gonna, like it's not going to make a fighting game fun like to no. play against each other. So we, we mm. try to find stuff like um, the Tomb Raider games that were on PS4, not the. Not the 3D crazy Oh, the, the twin-stick shooters. The twin-stick shooters, yeah. They're, yeah, they're fun. The one for PS4 is just so much fun. And apparently, I didn't realize this until the other day, it's got four-player co-op. Yep. And the puzzles oh, really? change depending on how many people you have in it. So if you have two people, the puzzles will be laid out in such a way that two people can solve them. And if you have three, then they make it more complicated, so you have to have three people to solve them. Yeah. So I thought that was a really neat thing about the game. It is a very cool concept. Yeah, I've played a little bit with my wife. Um... Like, she really enjoyed Middle Gear Solid 3. Like, I I missed it when it first came out. I didn't get a chance to play, and we, I played it much later. And we ended up playing... She just would watch it. I'd wait for her to come home from work and before I played it, because I was studying while she was working. Um, and, yeah, she just loved watching the story and just enjoyed it. Um, and also, we've played, like, uh, the Telltale game, um, The Wolf Among Us. Walking Dead? No, we, we, oh, we did. Oh, yeah, Wolf yeah. Among Us. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, we did actually try The Walking Dead, but we only did the first kind of episode because it was free, and we just tried the demo. But yeah, she enjoys watching. She's not interested in playing, but she's actually quite happy to watch and kind of... She's patient and lets me tell her what's happening in Dark Souls and the the, the lore and the story, and she just nods and smiles. <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, but... we'll, we'll go out for drinks, and my, my poor wife will have to listen to Solaire <laughs> stories and Gwen stories. Like she's probably more up to speed on the lore of Dark Souls and Bloodborne than most dudes out there who play the games. Just from listening to me, right? <laughs> I completely I agree. And she like it. Maybe we can get our wives together. They can talk <laughs> and us <laughs> talking to them. <laughs> Uh, Actually, that, that that's maybe what the Soulsborne widows would be. It's like a like a a, a a wives group, and they all just get together and complain about their men who have buggered off to play Souls games. Yeah. <laughs> be like army wives for Souls. It's, exactly, it's like army wives for Souls. I like that. <laughs> we need to start that. It can be the next blog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, amazing. Well, thank you too, Friendly, for that question. That's uh, uh, another regular listener. Uh, Alyssa? Alyssa? Listener. A, a regular listener. God, I get tongue-tied a lot. <laughs> he actually gave us an iTunes review. I don't know if you guys can see it. I don't know if it's... Um, he's he's someone I know from here in New Zealand. And yeah, he's gave us an iTunes mm. review, which is very Yeah, cool I did see that. And thank you very much. That was a very nice review of yours. It's our first one on there. And yeah, thank you again very very much appreciated and I, I said this the other day because I've had quite a few people sort of add me on Twitter and sort of saying that they've really enjoyed the podcast and whatnot. and yeah I'm I'm so appreciative of the, the support that everyone's given us It's it's been really really good I didn't expect sort of the, the support we've been getting from everyone really it's been great uh, it's uh, yeah I've, yeah yeah <laughs> there's not much I can say really but yeah. you just yeah thanks for everyone's support it's been fantastic and we will continue to put out as much content as you want to listen to and we're, we're basically at the moment uh, as you know because obviously games can't and E3 everything's kind of been up in the air but we are going to try and get into a set schedule of a we're going to try and aim for bi-weekly sort of every two every two every two weeks yep so but obviously that's why this episode's a bit longer because it's been quite a little bit longer since the last episode and obviously we've had jeremy on so we've done quite a long episode this one but we'll try and get to a, a two weekly episode and yeah we'll try and get regular content for our listeners and obviously everyone who's out there if, once again if you want any if you've got any suggestions or any criticisms about the show you can always get us on twitter or at the the our email, obviously, my Twitter is uh, at defnote, D-E-4-T-H underscore N-O-T-E. And obviously, you can get Vader at Vader Von Odin, V-A-D-E-R-V-O-N. V-A-N. V-A-N-O-D-I-M. That's it. And then, yeah, and obviously, Jeremy's, you can, if, if you want to get Jeremy and the Dark Souls hate it, guys, you can get him at Twitter. What's your uh, Twitter Jeremy? It's uh, J.G. Greer. So that's J-G-G-R-E-E-R. Um, and you can hit me up on Dark Souls Haters Twitter as well, which is just at Dark Souls Haters. So. Yeah, and you, you have your YouTube as well, don't you? Which is, uh, what, not ECEC, isn't it? 
not EC, EC, because <clears throat> for some reason EC, EC is taken everywhere now. I'd like to find that dude and beat his ass, but uh, <laughs> I just had to adapt to not EC, EC instead. Um, yeah, look, find me on YouTube, comment. Um, I've been very, very fortunate in all of this, my online dealings. Everything, everybody's been super positive. So if you want to change that, come and you know, tell me how much of a spurg I am. Hmm. yeah it's been it's been really awesome sort of having you on like uh, we i was laughing the other day when you put and basically saying that uh your your podcasting skills are no no longer monopolized by the uh bonfire side chat guys and then i see the twin humanity guys are like well we've got to have you on now as well (laughs) that's right we should have you on we should have you on for the next six episodes in a row so we can outdo bonfire side chat (laughs) surpass (laughs) their five that you've been on Yeah, and you need at least five more after this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just split this one into five episodes. <laughs> there's, is many, it? Yeah. Um, there's Twin Humanities, there's Bonfire Side Chat, and there's you guys. I can't think of any other... I know Epic Namebro did a podcast for like a minute, but I don't think he's been keeping up with it. Um, well, yeah, he he's done three episodes. He, he He's oh, obviously... Yeah, he, he obviously went through a few things with his wife and whatnot so he kind of dropped out and he moved house and he's just he's just getting back into the flow of things now and he's going to be doing a bit more content soon because yeah yeah he's trying to keep it more game general like game industry he's he's not really focusing on a on a dark souls podcast as such because i think he's got so much yeah because obviously that he's got his videos yeah yeah i don't i don't blame him on that at all because the dark souls community kind of treated him pretty roughly after the whole dark souls two or after the bloodborne uh strategy guide came out i thought that whole situation was kind of oh it was ridiculous yeah it was was a bit harsh sometimes the the community sometimes the dark souls community can be amazing and sometimes it can be just just like i said garbage like and that was one of the cases i was kind of disappointed in the gaming community as a whole I completely agree. Well, as I say, your website proves that, that there's some (laughs) real horrible people out there. And if you do want to go see some of that community garbage, (laughs) darksoulshaters.tumblr.com. Yeah, and I I would absolutely say go and check it out if you haven't. Some of the stuff on there is just absolutely amazing. And (laughs) I've sat there just flicking through for ages, just reading it and just being like, wow, these people are amazing. Just... I've never heard so so much foul language in my life. Yeah, yeah don't like if you if you're offended by racial slurs, um, homosexual slurs, like just any kind of slurs, disability slurs. Like, just, I mean, just any kind of slurs. Like, I mean, I've I've seen some of the worst stuff that I've seen on the internet on on my website. So that's something to be proud yeah. of. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's something I share with my children. You know, I I let them post on Tumblr and transcribe all the messages. No, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was, I tweeted no, you uh, like a week no, or two I ago about uh, Rocket League, and I was kind of tongue in cheek asking if you had any hate mail. I was really surprised when you said yes. I was just expecting like a oh nah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, th- I, di- I did post some. I, I think you saw it. Yes, I did. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. It's- yeah. I like people that make fun of people in Rocket League. I think that's hilarious. I had someone today that was saying, my team sucks. <laughs> just laughing <laughs> my ass off. Well, I'm, I'm just glad it yeah. exists outside of Souls. So just so people know, it's not just in the Souls community. It's in many other games. And I'm sure the Call of Duty haters blog would be full of even more stuff than... Oh, than Jesus. Could you even imagine? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it's, it's god-awful on the Call of Duty side. I've had people ask me before, like, why don't you open this up to other games? And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't have the energy to do this for more than one game. 
Like the only reason I can do this is because I love talking about Dark Souls, and this yeah, is tangentially exactly. related. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your humanity would be drained if you if you opened it up to other games. <laughs> exactly. You hollow out. And... Well, guys, thank you so much for inviting me on and for having me. This has been three That's hours of, abs- of an absolute blast. Like this That's... has been great. So. Um, well, no, the the, the really pleasure's all ours. The pleasure's all ours. We, we, yeah, I was sure. so glad when you you said you'd uh, come on. Obviously, being our first guest, and yeah, I'm I'm yeah. The pleasure's been ours. It's you're always welcome back. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe so, um, if you guys, once Dark Souls 3 comes out and we get a little bit into that, maybe I can come back on and we can talk, talk about that game. We can kind of explode it a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds really good. Most definitely, yeah. I'm definitely down for that. And maybe doing this podcast saves our wives a little bit of that Dark Souls talk because we're kind of getting our, <laughs> our fix <laughs> with each other. Just uh, a little bit, hopefully. Yeah. Just, a, just a spit, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, every everyone don't don't forget to go go and check out obviously Dark Souls haters and obviously Jeremy's YouTube channel as well and show him a little bit of love because yeah he's an he's an awesome dude uh, and yeah well thanks thanks again for coming on very much appreciated it's it's been it's been great thank you guys I, like I said I really appreciate it this has been this has been a good time we shall see you next time yep. Have a good one, Umbasa. The dark sign brands the undead. And in this land, the undead are corralled and led to the north, where they are locked away to await the end of the world. This is your fate.